The days are scorched and the nights are full of teeth. So for safety, get over here to the newest Fake Nerd Podcast, episode 236. My name's Ryan Oliopoulos, and I'm joined by my best friend combatants in the world, Sparks Witty. witty, Man, witty. That, that was an excellent intro. Thank you. Thank you. Ben Magnet. Very, very well done, good sir. And Brandon T. McClure, Emperor of Outworld. Oh, man. I gotta be that guy. (laughs) No, but he's cool. Oh, sorry. I guess he's bad, but he's cool. It's as glorious. We're going to be talking about Mortal Kombat. Ben, go ahead. (laughs) I I was going to say, you know what all of us win? Friendship. (gasps) Friendship. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Welcome to (laughs) the next episode. (laughs) You're going to get more, Ben? What do you want to say? No, no, don't worry. I'll tell you guys later. Okay. okay. We're here talking about Mortal Kombat 1 and 2. Mostly talking about 1 because the other ones I'll heat compile a poopy poop. But I'm joined by my friends. We're going to talk about new stuff. Brandon, do you have anything to talk about before we get into it? Yes. I do want to remind everyone of our Patreon shirt, um, which is Stephen King is my best friend. If you want to be Stephen King's best friend, like Ben Magnet. It's only $10. It's $10 a month, guys. I got to tell you, all week I have been thinking we we screwed up that shirt because it should have said, like, sponsored by Ben Magnet or approved by Ben Magnet or something like that. <laughs> Just to have the, like, little, oh, my God, like, a little stamp of him. But we put, like, we badly Photoshop a thumb onto his usual Pumpy and Dick logo. <laughs> and it's just, like, this message approved by Ben Half Magnet. Half covering his face. Man, yeah, yeah. It, that's the sequel shirt. We screwed up a little bit. <laughs> that's the Redux. That's the, that's the, uh, the Magnet Cut shirt. That'll be the one-year anniversary shirt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, of course, the Patreon shirt. And you can also, you should also check out the description because we have uh, two articles Ooh. by Mr. Ben Magnet. Look at you. Look at you right yeah, I got now. your work done this week. Holy shit. Click, clack, and clack. You want to say anything more about them? Or is that, or yeah. is that it? No, no, no. I'll say some more. So, yeah, both articles are from oldschoolgamermagazine.com. The first one was an article that I also had a Twitter poll up about whether gamers like to prefer buying their collections physical or digital since um, uh, the PlayStation Marketplace is closing for the PS3, Vita, and the PlayStation Portable later this summer. So that got a lot of people talking about physical v. digital. Um, I mean, all of us here are on team physical, but there are some times where it's like you, you kind of got to get the, the digital one because if you look at certain uh, certain things of the games, those are very expensive, but... That's up there. And the other one is I reviewed Pac-Man 99 because that was a uh, drop, and I'll be talking about that when uh, I talk about my week. Cool. So, yeah, they're both down there. Go ahead and read them. The game looks cool. cool. Um, and, of course, Ryan's on Downright Annoyed. Uh, Mortal Kombat again. Yeah, guess what? Double dose of the MK today. I'm not mad about it. Too hyped for it. Um, and you couldn't check out the stuff from the rest of our network guys subscribe to this channel for a lot of cool stuff we have a fake nerds watch of the falcon and the winter soldier episode three is it had come out this week so it's in the description below episode four was recorded earlier today so that'll be going up this week but episode three down there if you want uh-huh. uh, and our final episode of little char and the gang webtoons book club uh, is in the description below. We finished the we finished all the ships that were out, and we're going to call it and move on to another book. Um, check out what that book is in the same episode. Ooh. Um, and then I released another episode of Conversation. I think this is my fourth episode now. Um, this is wow. with Sheila Nickerson from the Hardly Heroes podcast. I talked to her. I had a really good conversation with her. Uh, so that's down below. Uh, yeah, it was well. solid. Heck yeah. Thank you. And uh, uh, Ken Knapsocks this week. 
I'm so I'm really excited about that. I'm so sorry. This whole time, like Luna came down the stairs and she wanted to go back upstairs, but Asher wasn't letting her, and so she's just been like trying to edge her way around her to go upstairs. This big dog and this little cat. Yeah. I've just been that's kind funny. of watching it for a while. So we have like a little sorry. movie. Um, that's uh, but awesome. that's no, it was a great conversation. I'm super stoked for Ken to be on this week. Yeah. Um, thank you. Uh, that's it. That's all the description stuff. So check out all those things. We got a lot of stuff coming. We 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 do a lot of we do a lot, guys. Do it's lot. we do we do a lot. Only more is coming. Uh, so who wants to go first of their week? I will. Heck, right. yes, I love it. Um, Take an initiative. Yeah. Uh, so I finished Gilmore Girls, and I do mean the show Gilmore Girls and the series Gilmore Girls: A Year in the Life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all behind me now. And uh, I'll, I'll just give some some quick things about it because I, I kind of talked to Brandon about it. I definitely talked to my fiance about it. Um, that show probably would have been better off just stopping at season five. <laughs> There's a lot of good things in everything that comes after. There is a lot. But the main characters, the main two who the show is tiled for in particular, get taken on such really confusing and dumb paths that just contradict everything in their development that came before that it's very hard to stay on board with them Mm -hmm. through the end of the run um you kind of get back on board with the mom but less so the daughter uh in year in the life um there's still so many good character things like i don't regret watching it it's i'm i'm happy for it i'm glad that so much of it is there there's there's stuff with sean gunn that like i wouldn't trade for the world so i still want all that material to exist uh, uh, probably Melissa McCarthy's best best role. One hundred percent. She's practically not even the same. Like the character is written to sound like her character when she shows up in *You're in the Life*, but it's not performed to be the same person. Like it is. It is so bizarre. It's like a different person came in and played the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's but it's her. But yeah. it's so she clearly like went. I think I, I something happened to change her voice, and it's never been more clear to me than watching the transition from the show to the year in the life how different her voice is it's just gotten very raspy and everything um it's it's wild uh and she just doesn't bring the same energy to it mm-hmm. um which is a shame but there's a lot of other great cool stuff about that show um it's definitely suffering from a thing where it's 10 years after the show ended but they are writing the story they wanted to tell that would have been season eight so it feels like a, most of the characters are living through development that would make sense for like one year later. So it's not like 10 years. It feels later. like the next season. Actually, Outside yeah. of the fact that people have to be addressed for age or everything they do with the grandma, Emily, uh, makes sense for being a decade later because they had to because the actor who played her husband passed away. So her whole story had to change from what they originally envisioned. But it's everything like, else is trying to follow these beats that they just didn't adjust. It for. sounds like they found the script for the last season and they just like dusted it off. I'm like, oh, 10 years later, fine. It's all good. Yeah. Well, it, she, Amy Sherman Palladino was um, vindictive. Uh, towards season seven because she didn't do it so she was just like i'm just gonna do my season seven hold up if you're gonna spill some tea let's spill some tea so (laughs) season six they were asking for contracts to take them all the way to season eight Mm -hmm. uh and so during season six they were refused those contracts so they decided they were leaving after the end of season six and so in order to make sure that sure that they had to to tie up the show after they left, they made it the most convoluted, confusing season possible. And they made the worst character decisions ever, which is why season six is such a slog to get through. And they did it on purpose to make it so that they'd have to find a way to finish the show. Tanking your own show. That's just so sad. It's so sad. It is wild. It is wild to watch that and know that and be like, yo, what is happening? Cause it is like a hard turn into 
into just like absolute bullshit mm-hmm. in some cases from season five. Um, wow. But overall, enjoyed the experience. Happy to have it. Gilmore Girls. If if you need the them to be there, they'll follow. They will. And, and, and I stand Luke and I'll always stand <laughs> Luke. And so there's that. Um, again, Sean Gunn, some incredible stuff. Uh, <clears throat> so I finished that. So in place of that, Megan and I had to find a new show today. So we spent today finding a new show. And you watched all of it. <laughs> we watched all of season one today. And that new show was The Good Place. Oh. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, Megan and I have been wanting to get to this one for a while. So we finally decided to just, this is going to be our next one. Uh, so we buckled in and we buckled in hard. And we've gone through, we, we just started the first half of the first episode of season two. Uh, right before we started recording today so uh don't i wouldn't spoil it for anyone i'm not going case. to uh good place um fantastic it's very good <laughs> did you have it spoiled did you had have it spoiled for you no uh good. no i, I came down and watched the finale like with them again and i'm like we oh yeah know. this is still so good no yeah we didn't know we it's didn't so know. god it's so sharp i forgot how sharp and clever it is man yeah uh super good i've, I've always been a big fan of ted danson for a very long time yeah. but here he's even more he wonderful yeah um so those two things uh replacing a g show with another g show um <laughs> dr stone uh almost over we've got one episode left are they for still the stony um it's, it's it is something man it's super good uh i i look forward to the day when eventually you guys will watch it because you're definitely gonna be like dang this is some good stuff and i'm gonna be like yeah i keep yeah. seeing jujitsu kaisen on hbo max it's just staring at me it's pretty good it's just staring at me uh i'm i'm probably the moment we're done with dr stone even though we're gonna pick a new show for our anime thing i'm probably on my own going to start putting in the time to watch jujitsu kaisen by i myself. might be there with you uh i i would start that over no, you guys are talking about Jujutsu Kaisen because our friends over at Adults Talking Anime, Inga and Thor, um, they're also finishing Jujutsu Kaisen. They're constantly talking about Jujutsu Kaisen. That I haven't listened to their show because they keep talking about Jujutsu Kaisen. I'm like, can't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, a hot thing right now. It's it's uh it's solid. I don't know what happens in the second arc because we cut off right at the end of the first arc and before the second arc started for the season. Oh, did you do it for anime thing? Uh, yeah, we were. Got it. And then uh and then we we stopped because we really wanted to get to the second season of Doctor Stone and we just could not commit to a whole more 13 episodes and then do Dr. Stone. So, um, but I'm going to go back on my own. Uh, Ryan and I entirely caught up on Superman and Lois. We watched two episodes this week and got completely caught up. Uh, Shows real good guys. Shows real good. It Um, really is. It makes, it's uh, like, it, it just makes me mad because like, and again, I always feel bad saying like for a CW show, but like, honestly, like a lot of the superhero shows kind of turn into not great. Right. And just consistently, like there were only five episodes in, but it's like just everything's good about it for me. Like the drama that I don't normally like is great. The Superman stuff's great. Him being a dad's great. I care about the side characters. I care about the villains. Like it's all just. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that show really works. I, I highly encourage when you can find the time to get to Superman and Lois, get to Superman and Lois. Uh, it's worth your time. Um, it's on hiatus right now. Uh, only five episodes out. It doesn't come back again until next month. Um, Thank you. Uh, also, been- real quick, sorry. It's, it's got a great theme. Legitimately, like, the, the new Superman theme, incredible. Truly, really good. I haven't told you this, Brandon, but they they took pieces of John Williams' theme and then built it in a different direction. So you oh. can hear the, op- the, like, beginning is the John Williams beats, and then it changes. Cool. Uh, it, it works. Um, uh, Invincible. We watched Invincible. I assume, I know Brandon watched Invincible. Uh some good shit. Some really good shit. 
battle beast. Uh, all I have Arr. to say is Michael Dorn, I, dwarf. Yep. All I have to say is I adore Jeffrey Donovan as Machine. Oh my god, me too. Oh my gosh, that auto tune, dude. <laughs> I want him as a more super villain. Auto tune and swearing Jeffrey Donovan is one of my favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I heard the voice at first. I was like, "Is that?" And then you know, pause on 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 it. Yes, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, the shit, yeah. Yeah. Jeffrey yep. Donovan. Yep. Uh, that show's great. Uh, yeah. I highly encourage people to be watching Invincible. That's that's an awesome show. Um, on my own, I kept up with. Uh, I'm still working my way back up through Black Lightning. Um, little way, by Dad, little, too. I have all these other things. So Black Lightning just kind of inserts itself randomly in my week. Uh, love it. Still great. Um, we're gonna talk about one of the actors from it. Uh, the guy who plays Gamby is Raiden in Annihilation. So <laughs> uh, that's going to come up. Um, Hearts of Darkness, I had to watch this week for one of my classes, that which is the documentary? documentary about the making of Apocalypse Now. Oh, I wish I, wish and, I uh, knew you were watching that. We, oh, man. I, I will watch that again because, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, I it. never really thought about how much up his own ass Francis Ford Coppola is or Marlon Brando. And it is wild. It is a true testament to Coppola that he allowed his wife to put together this documentary of footage of him basically talking about being pretentious and, and being aware of it and like his crazy ass ideas while he's shirtless on set working on Apocalypse. <laughs> One of now, the most insane man. Wild. Uh, 238 days of shooting that movie. That movie it went over budget. Uh, everyone was just like on drugs. Like, like God, dude, that movie... The fact Thanks. that that movie is as good as it is, is is a testament to, like, just God himself. They have, they have a whole sequence where they're basically showing you how, like, everything you think is brilliant about Dennis Hopper's performance is him constantly searching for what the hell he's saying. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, just ruin that movie. Oh, my the, God. The stuff, the stuff with Marlon Brando, how that dude came to set, like, way overweight, like, he didn't care about any of the stuff, like, and they still turned that performance into something magical. I, it's, I can't believe it. They, they I can't do, believe they it. They also do, like, a whole thing showing, like, footage that's not seen in the movie, like a whole bunch of B-cut footage of how the plan became because Marlon Brando wouldn't wait for Coppola to rewrite the ending at all or rework it and wouldn't do any character work and refused to read Heart of Darkness to inform on his character that they just did wild improvisations with him. And so they just let him do whatever the hell he wanted. And it Coppola works. had to cobble together the logical yeah. performance out of him. So he seems like a rambling crazy man because Marlon Brando was just saying whatever the hell came to his head. Uh, <laughs> It is it is nuts. So if you have the chance, Hearts of Darkness, dude, it's a ninety I, minute documentary, uh, well worth your what time. Tropic Thunder is based off of? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, wild. Mm -hmm. um, I read two things this week. I read Godzilla Dominion Ooh. and Kingdom Kong, which are the two comics. King, that, Kingdom Kong, that's yeah. what it's called. Yeah, that's good. Which are the prequel comics to Godzilla versus Kong? Uh, I was incorrect. It is not the same writer for Kong from the first one. It is the same artist. Okay. Uh, However, uh, Marie Anello is the writer for Kingdom Kong, and uh, it might be, it might be my favorite now after Birth of Kong. It's another Kong one. Look at um, that. But it might even surpass it. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to stew on it for a while longer. Uh, I will say, like, major props to Marie Anello. I, I tweeted at her to ask a question about the book um, because a certain character is not present and it's kind of a big question mark. And uh, they got back to me in a very polite way to explain why that character doesn't appear, uh, which was awesome. Um, spoilers, it's Houston Brooks' son. 
not in that comic, oh. not even mentioned in that comic. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, and it's very confusing because Houston Brooks is very much a character in that comic. And oh, like, that's Yo, a double what? shame. And uh, there was a whole thing. Uh, I got the polite Twitter public conversation version of explaining why, um, which was really nice. So behind the uh, scenes stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but what, but basically, can, like, can you share what it? Can you share? It? Uh, uh, basically, uh, there was he was going to be. They wanted him to be. It just couldn't work. They didn't have the the amount of time in the comic to the real estate have him be a character and also focus on the characters that they introduce. And the characters they introduce are really good, uh, really strong. There is a powerful probably so the reason why this might be my favorite is because kingdom kong i don't want to spoil too much kingdom kong probably features my favorite emotional character arc for any main character in any of the monsterverse stories nice because it is all about someone who has worked for monarch dealt with the trauma of losing someone close to them while doing the activities related to what they work on and now is also working on a team where they're having trouble trusting the team and has to learn that everybody has kind of gone through this at some point because these monsters are so big they've affected so many lives yeah and it really puts that into perspective and puts a real personal mark on it nice of evolution attached to it and ties that into kong which is crazy um so really enjoyed it uh godzilla dominion is also i think at this moment might be my favorite godzilla comic uh any godzilla comic? Of, of the monster okay there you go it's certainly better than aftershock mm -hmm. it and awakening are kind of fluctuating a little it's really really good it's all done from like third person description it's Irizawa's son in it no <sighs> it's all done from third person description about like he is he is the the man of the dominion the ocean is in his blood that's how it that's how the whole book is written mm, basically okay. it's, like it's just that. describing godzilla's relationship with everything around him um really worked for me uh honestly um pretty good art but really really worked for me there's some ideas in there there's one concept about how godzilla's spikes are shaped that is the coolest concept of why godzilla's spikes change i've ever heard mm. and i love it um uh, I will not spoil it, but it's great. I'm a reader. Uh, so really happy with those are overall. They, are they like four issue short ones too? Yeah. Okay. Um, they're, I think they're a little longer than the previous ones, um, but they're more or less that length. Okay. Uh, there's no clear issue dis distinction because they didn't release these Oh, it's issues. just a graphic novel. They just came out as trades. Oh. So there's just, it's just what it is. Gotcha. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, they will probably come across future book clubs at some point. Cool. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, there's a Fake Nerds Watch coming out, so you can check that out. Sad Man and Bird Boy. Uh, close Enough. Um, I watched some more Close Enough because uh, that's just a nice nice little thing in there to help fill in some time. Um, and that was pretty much my week uh, as far as, like, media consumption. Pass the consumption to me. Oh, I got, I got dysentery now. Shit. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do a lot. Um, I watched the last two episodes of the first season of Kingdom. Uh, those are only six episode seasons, so I quickly realized jumping into season two, it immediately starts like the second after the finale ends. So I'm like, oh, they just shot this all at once and broke it up into two different seasons, which is cool. That's fine. I was like, well, six seasons is short, and then I'm like, okay, that's fine. Uh, still great, still great political stuff with with crazy zombie stuff. Uh, the zombies evolve and do new cool things, which, which keeps the people on their toes. Um, still really enjoying that. Man, I really didn't do anything else this week. I don't think everything you said. I think I did. Um um we did a lot together we did a lot together uh i played some fortnite 
you did do that. I did play some Fortnite. Thank you, memory man. Um, we played some Dead by Daylight. Um, oh, I started right last week. This game came out called Outriders, and Outriders is a single player game that, but that requires an online and it needs an online uh, service to play for some reason, right? So last week when the game launched, it launched on Xbox Game Pass. Because it did that, millions of new people had this game, and the servers were not ready. So people who had access to the game could not play the game. The problem is, this is a single-player game. This isn't a Destiny. This is a game that's like Gears of War of Halo. So when I booted up Outriders, I couldn't log in because the servers were unavailable. So I couldn't play the single-player game. A lot of bad press that first week. Um, it, it's a shitty situation, right? But uh, a small, a smaller developer uh, goes on Game Pass. They don't have the servers. Like, I can't get too mad. This week, it's fixed. I started playing it. Outriders is a third-person shooter. It's made by the guys who made Gears of War Judgment. So it's a third-person cover-based shooter, but it also has, like, crazy space power. So it's part Mass Effect, uh, part cover shooter. Um, it's super generic. Uh, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Not every story has to be wholly unique. You, It's about um, the Earth is dead and you're a bunch of colonists who land on a new planet. And I'm not joking, guys. You find some black goo that inhabits your people and you go into quarantine and then you develop superpowers. I'm not joking. It looks exactly like the scene from Prometheus. I swear to God. It's like scene for scene. It's like this black goo rises and this guy's getting sick. And I'm like, oh, boy. Luckily, the gameplay is really fun. Luckily, the gameplay is fun. Um the thing is, like, it's a single-player game, and it's not super interesting. So, like, it's definitely a game for multiplayer. Um, so, like, it's a th it's a three-squad game. So, like, since it's on Game Pass, I would like to play it with you. It's, it's designed kind of a uh, live service style like Destiny. It's see, the thing is, it's it's not though. It is a regular game, but it, but it requires you to be online. Isn't it a little closer to Division? No, because that's way. the same thing. No, yeah. this is I can play the entire game by myself, not touching anyone. Do the entire story like Halo. It's, but you can also have campaign. You can also do it with two other people. Mm. That's what it is. But, but the, the servers don't work, so you can't even play the game. And this makes me mad. But I think you might like it because it's very Gears of War inspired. And the thing that I hear that's the best about it is the late game stuff. The closer you get to the end of the game is when more cool enemies come and you get really cool abilities. And like the gameplay I've seen of that seems really, really, really cool and really dynamic. And like that's the thing I want to get to. I just don't want to get there by myself. So I might not play it anymore. We'll find out. Um, also, I can't play it half the time I want to play it. It's just, it's just shitty. It's like, Brandon, you want to play Halo 1? You can't play it. You can't play it because the server is down. I'm like, then why do I even have the game? That just really bummed me out. And that's yeah. all I did. That's all I did. Yeah. Funny enough, Ryan, my roommate is playing Outriders right now. And he's been asking, he's been telling me, he's like, hey, you should download the demo and see if you like it. I'm like, maybe. The cool thing about the demo is it is just the first three hours of the game. So you can play yeah. just the actual opening of the game, level up your character, and then when you buy the game, you start from that point. So that is a yeah. cool thing that yeah. a lot of new games do do. Oh, no, that's what I did when I got... <laughs> Dude, yeah. No, because that's actually exactly what I did with it. With trials of when the oh. Trials of Mana game came out, uh, or it was announced, they're like, "Hey, here's the demo, and once you get the game, you can you can just put your save data over, and you're fine." So that's what I did. I think Dragon Quest XI did that too, and that had like a five hour demo. It's it's wild in this day and age to think of buying a game. Like if I purchased it, didn't play it on Game Pass, like buying a disc, and I can't play the game. There are people who bought Outriders for the PS5 for seventy dollars at launch, and they couldn't play it. Jeez. I got the game for free. Uh, uh, game pass free but like people bought the game for full price and they couldn't play it and man that company was having a bad week and again it's a smaller developer I, i'm not it's 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 kind of sucks that microsoft wasn't there to support their server problems when like game pass like hey do you want to be on game pass uh do you have the servers for these extra five million people small developer and mm -hmm. they did um 
well, hopefully it gets fixed. Mm-hmm. I do remember the last thing I did. I started to watch an anime, but I can't call it an anime because it doesn't move. Um, it's called the the Way of the House Husband. And you guys, <laughs> I haven't laughed so hard in a long time. It's so good. I am familiar with this comic. Oh my god! It's it's oh it's a manga, but honestly, it's more like a webtoon because every episode of the of the ma- of the anime it's fifteen minutes long, but there's two minutes of credits at the beginning and two minutes of credits at the end. So it's a ten minute episode, and every two minutes is a new chapter. So it's more like a webtoon. It's bite sized story chunks of this assassin turned house husband. And it's really good. It's really clever. If you can get past it being like a motion comic, there's literally no animation. Like it just goes from panel to panel with just the mouths. Uh, I think the story and the characters are fun enough to get past it. I know a lot of people online can't get past it. I can. Um, I just don't think it's a big deal because there's not a lot of action. It's literally people talking or like cutting up fruit. It's it's very funny. It's, um, yeah. I, I only have experience not with the motion comic, but the, the regular comic. Yeah, yeah, but it's the same uh, stuff, yeah. But yeah, it's the same stuff. So, you know, in whatever form you can get it, it's entertaining. It's it's very much the type of thing where, like, like honey, can you take out the trash? And this super, like, built assassin with scars and dragon tattoos is like, oh, I'm going to take the trash out, right? And then he just throws the trash out. And it's a lot <laughs> of that shit. It's a lot of like him being at like uh like he's learning how to make salads and stuff, and he's at like this conference, and he's like with his, like his little minion guy, and he's like, yeah, we're gonna beat the shit out of that salad, and he's like, watch your language, there's ladies here, and it's just like all that kind of like really ridiculous stuff, um, like a lot of like fish out of water, but like he's a mass murderer, really really funny, uh, actually really wholesome too, just it's not really gory or violent, um, definitely check it out for a laugh, and that's that's my week in Ryan. Ben, uh, sure, I'll go next. Um, I didn't. So, as I said earlier, Pac-Man '99 came out, and to everyone's surprise, because on Twitter they released a trailer for it. It's like, hey, here's the new Pac-Man. Uh, here's a new Pac-Man '99 game. It's getting the '99 treatment like Te- Tetris and Mario did. So people are like, oh yeah, that's cool. And at the very end of the trailer, it goes, by the way, this is coming out tomorrow afternoon at six o'clock. So have fun, everyone on my. So many retro gamers and uh, video game people I follow on my Twitter were like, what the shit? What? Ben, so, do you know why they did this? They did this because they just killed Mario. Yeah. Mario just died, and they're like, we got to get everyone off our backs. We need this Pac-Man thing out right now. Yeah. Apparently so. I, I have seen uh, tweets for that because, yeah, Mario 35 was only around from last September to end of March, and now here comes Pac-Man 99, which is actually staying. It's not pulling a Mario. but uh, So I got it, and I started playing it, and right before, and I want to say I went about s- almost ten rounds until I finally got my first win. Nice, waka waka. Yeah, it's it's really fun. I mean, you get you could read my review for all like the the details of it, but it is really fun. It's really innovative, and I really really enjoy it. So Tenta, really, it's- I spent three hours getting that first place, right, baby? What? Three hours getting to that first place, right? No, it took me ten rounds. That was like an uh, hour and a half. Oh, interesting. Because on your Instagram thing, the hour counter. Went all the way back uh, three hours from when you started playing to when the first place picture went up. So really, it was three hours when I. Oh damn, I didn't think it was. You good blinked. You, you Pac-Man blinked. I, I guess I did Pac-Man blink. Shit. <laughs> that people seem to be really liking that thing. It seems yeah, like well, Ghost it Pac-Man are there. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember because I looked at your story and I went, "Oh damn, he stayed up for a while to get that." <laughs> <laughs> I did. Apparently, I did. And so. So far, the uh, I haven't played it much this week. I actually haven't played it all this weekend, but I did play it, sprinkle it throughout um, my week. And so far, I've gotten the title of Pack One three times. Ooh, yeah, 
we we got some Fortnite wins this week earlier in the week, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got like two in a row or like two. Yeah, we got some we got some snazzy tasty oh, yeah. ones. I, I definitely had a good solo recently. Ooh, which was nice. Yeah. Yes. Good. Yeah, so because fun so funny enough, in Tetris 99, I have never won. The closest I've ever gotten to winning was third place. Whereas in Pac-Man, I actually won and it actually feels really good. Thanks. Good. So now you need to go. Now you need to get that win in Tetris to be a real elite gamer. I do need to get that win in Tetris. Yes, I really that that damn Tetris man. I've gotten this close, but no. So Pac-Man 99 was there. Um, didn't play a whole lot of other video games. I mean, I played a little bit of uh, Fortnite with Sparks and with Sparks. Um, last night I played a little bit of Overwatch. That was fun playing Overwatch with Sparks, uh, Marty, and Pi, friends of the show. Can I tell you a really shitty thing about Overwatch and the PlayStation real quick? Boy. Woo! So, sure. obviously, we've played Overwatch before, uh, and I have the disc version, right? Yeah. I can't find the disc. I did find it eventually. But I couldn't find the disc anywhere, for, for and I was like, okay, whatever. Online on the PlayStation Store, it's on sale. The Super Duper Edition's on sale for $20. And I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. I got the money. I'll buy, I'll buy Overwatch again for 20 bucks and get, like, 10 extra skins, right, for, like, the Super Edition, right? I, got, I buy it. And then it's a, and then I go to click on it and it says, please insert your disc. And I'm like, no, no, no. I just bought Overwatch. Because I already played Overwatch with the disc, it won't read the digital version that I bought. So I, I bought something for nothing. I just bought the skins. I did I did wonder like after if you uninstalled it and then installed it's not, the digital it was, edition. It's not, it was, it's, that's, uh, I don't think so. I don't want to have think, to. I, I think if you remove the game data and then go to your PlayStation Store library where you bought purchase things, okay, and then you click the digital one you've purchased and installed that, then you probably see. I went to it. I went to like my library and there it was only the, the the Origins edition. There wasn't the Legendary edition that I bought. Right, but I mean, like, I think that's because your disc game was still installed. Okay, so you'd have to uninstall the disc data copy. It's really it. stupid. I don't that trust you have it. To do that. Um, I don't trust it, but I, you might be right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's just dumb. Sorry, Ben. No, no, that's oh man, that is actually pretty shitty. That's horrible. Yeah, I got some new skins. Whatever. Yikes. Uh, so yeah, Pac-Man '99 played a little bit of Fortnite and played Overwatch again with the guys for a hot second. Uh, I finally caught up in some comic books. I had to go take my car and get stressed. And I figured, you know, what? I'm gonna be in the dealership for apparently. I was there for four hours, so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna bring my I'm gonna bring my fat ass stack of book stack of books with me and read some books. And I was behind. I know, you right? Behind. I was. I ha- I started reading Death Metal issue six. That's how far back I was. I forgot. Like ha- events, events have happened since then. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got. I like half that stack was gone when I my car was finally finished and I came home. And I went through a whole bunch of X Men books. I finally read Sword issues one and two. Nice. Um, goddamn, I love comic books. I know, I, I know. I have that stack has been sitting there. I have another stack under my bed from when I went to the comic store a few weeks ago, and man, I'm just reading all these X books. I'm like, man, this is some really good shit. This is some really uh, good stuff. So, I am- so I'm at the point now where some of my comics are. I'm so behind that because of Marvel's Unlimited now three month policy, books that I bought three months ago that I haven't read are now showing up on my digital thing, and I'm like. Uh oh, that means it's cut time. Got it. <laughs> cut time. It's gonna save me money. Thank you, Marvel Unlimited. Love you. Yeah. So, uh, watched obviously watched the Mortal Kombat movies, which we're gonna talk about. And did I do anything else this week? No. No. 
right? Apparently, but besides staying up super late to write those articles, because damn, freaking Pac-Man. Because I was playing Pac-Man, I thought, oh man, this is gonna be a great article for old school gamer. Something okay, it's probably gonna be like I don't know, maybe like 700, 800 words. That's a good size review. That goddamn thing was fourteen hundred words long. Maybe that's because you got the passion. You got the passion. I need to. Oh man, Marks, what are you trying didn't you play a board game? Oh yeah, I played Moonrakers. My roommate got this uh, board game called Moonrakers. That's it. Yeah, I did do that. That's really fun. So uh, the basis of Moonrakers is you're kind of like these. You're not space pirates, but you're kind of space pirates. And the whole point of the game is to pull off these miss- missions to earn prestige. And whoever gets like ten prestige points, they're like the winner. But the cool thing is, is that you have to like talk and negotiate with other players. So you have these cards, and you need these cards to like complete certain contracts. But if you're if you're like Oh no, I have the right amount of shields, but I don't have enough reactors. Hey, so-and-so has enough reactors. I'll split the rewards with you. Space Catan. Yeah, so it's kind of like... Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's like Space Catan, but it's... Batan. Batan. <laughs> but it's still... It's a really cool game, and it's... Uh, you gotta, like... You really gotta figure out what you want to do. Because you the credits are really cool, because they're metal coins, and you can buy parts for your ship, and also buy... A, and also hire crew members. It's a really fun game. Uh, I, I think they... It. Yeah, it's on Kickstarter right now. I mean, it, it, they finished their Kickstarter. It's it's finished. It's done, and it's it's really fun. I really enjoyed playing it. Love it. Nice. So, so thank you, Sparks, for reminding me. Yes, I did play a board game. That was really fun. He's the memory man. I I saw it on your story, and I was like, oh, it looks like a cool game. It is. It is. Right on. My my, my cat has decided it is time to come into my office, and it was locked. So oh. <laughs> I understand that. Sorry, kiddo. All right. <laughs> dumb cat anyway um i also read some comics i'm gonna start with my comics um i i'm i what i've what i've become accustomed to do is get a stack of uh like two or three trades and the in, in like one series that i'm super far behind on and try to go through that in a week um and that's been good for me i've been doing i've been sticking to that um so i've caught up on ascender which is uh dustin win and jeff lemire's a sequel to descender it's only like four issues behind. It's excellent. I mean, like, I mean, like, uh, what what can you say about about an excellent book by by two excellent creators? That's excellent. Yeah, that's <laughs> excellent. Um, and I also read Project Patron, which is Steve Orlando's new book uh, that dropped with Vault, I believe. Oh, I haven't been in the shop in two weeks. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the that's the one about um the Superman character dies and then like a reploid of him shows up being controlled by a bunch of people. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's vaguely familiar. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we talked about it a couple months ago. It's very yeah, good. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Cool, cool, cool. Um, there's only one issue in, uh, so yeah, definitely want to stick with that. I read Sunstone Volume 5 again. Now I can read Volume 6, which is the only one that I hadn't read at, at this point. Um, that starts the new arc, so I wanted to catch up on the last arc again. Uh, Volume 5, I totally forgot how good that was. That's probably the best in the series, and you can definitely tell that Stepan Cedric grows as a writer um not as an artist because he's always an excellent artist but like as a writer um his storytelling uh prowess and character voices it all just gets better and better and by, by volume five uh, i think it's really great nice um i read injustice 2 volume one i looked at my video games and i was like what games haven't i played oh injustice 2 you know what i should do buy all the comics and read them first mm-hmm. So I did that. I bought all six volumes and I read the first um, nice. this week, which is the first uh, like five issues, I, I believe. 
Uh, hey, look, Tom, Tom Taylor, um, Brian Buccello, I think, is the artist. Brian uh, Buccello? Oh, no, that's not Buccello. Oh, I oh no, he's a writer. It. Yeah, he's a writer. Um, Bruno Redondo. There you go, Bruno. His, uh, his also, he's on Nate Wang with him, with Tom Taylor. Uh, look, Tom Taylor is excellent. We did a whole episode on the first Injustice, uh, the first five year comics, and then the game. We did that a long time ago. Many, many moons ago. Um, man, that was one of, that's one of our most ambitious episodes because we were like, you got to read a lot of comics and play a video game. Hell yeah. Um, those are fun. But yeah, so I decided to do the same for Injustice too. Great. Thanks. Love the volume. Cool. Uh, then I read Godzilla Rulers of Earth, Volume 2, the complete collection. Uh, this is the final uh, run of IDW's Godzilla comics um, and Rulers of Earth in general. Um, really fun. It, it's, not, it's not as good as the first series, much better than the second series. Uh, it's just kind of, like we talked about Godzilla vs. Kong in the review, kind of embraces the ridiculous of Godzilla's world um, with good human characters um, a fun alien plot line, ancient monsters like King Caesar. It's it's really cool. There's a concept in it that they try to use all of Godzilla's history, um, uh, like design wise. So you see it like Batra, um, the Godzilla against Mechagodzilla movies version of Mechagodzilla with Mogira from Godzilla versus uh, Space Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 1970s Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Uh, Mechagodzilla shows up as the uh, cheap alternative to the big, like, to the big, like, cool one. And so, the like, Russian, the Russians hmm? made that one, right? Oh, aliens made that one. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about in the comic book. Oh, in the comic book, aliens made that one. Oh, okay. No, because I remember Russian aliens. No, because I remember when I was reading that, when I was reading the book, there was a cover of like the old 1970s Mechagodzilla yeah. in like. Uh, and a bunch of people were, it was like the Soviet era. So a bunch of people were waving Soviet Union flags. I was like, yeah, oh, because the, the guy, because the alien is trying to sell it to Russia. Ah, uh, okay. That's why. Because, because, because what he's doing is so humans made Mechagodzilla and it's like the fancy cool 90s and 2001. And mm-hmm. then, um, and then they were like, then this other one was like, hey, don't we all want a Mechagodzilla? For the much cheaper price, you can get this one. And it's the 1970s. For a limited time only. And like the whole point is like he could build a lot of them because they're super cheap. Mm-hmm. I love I love alien car dealers just selling Mechagodzilla. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a concept. Yeah. I love it. Um, but they're trying to take over the world also. It's I don't know, it's stupid. It's fun. Um, they get Orga and Zilla and uh, King Caesar's in it. Some great monsters. Both oh, Gigan yeah. versions. Yeah. Um, you mean with yeah, his yeah. big uh, with his the big yeah, you got the cha- you got the scythe and you got the chainsaw version. Yeah. Um, you get Godzilla teaming up against uh, teaming up with Space Godzilla to beat back the alien invader monsters. That's not canon. It's really fun. I liked it a lot. Um, and then the sadistic uh, Korean chicks who who are who are Batra's twins, quote unquote, from Kingdom of Monsters, show up and uh, they're awesome. Hell yeah. Um, but this week was also. Star Trek First Contact Day. Uh, that was Monday. Um, uh, Paramount did a whole big thing, uh, Star Trek conventions. Uh, what it is, for those of you who don't know, is... Zephyrin Cochran! On April 5th, 2063, we will make contact with Vulcans after Zephyrin Cochran's successful Warp 1 flight. Thank you, Zephyrin. Uh, played by James Cromwell in the movie. 
Um, that movie's really great. It's my, it's by far my favorite Star Trek movie. Um, often lauded as the best of the TNG era. Um, I th- it's personally my favorite, as I said. Um, yeah, I really like that movie. I just always kind of got to shout that out every year because I do watch it every year on that day. Nice. Um, is that the movie, movie where is that the movie where Picard goes? The lion must be drawn here. Yes. Okay. Never be further. Um, when he's uh, when he's quoted as when he's quoted as being uh, Ahab to the Borg's Moby Dick, uh, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> um, I get what yeah. you mean. I get you. Yeah. Um, and he like he like flips out, and then he goes, uh, "The line must be drawn here. This far, no farther." It's good. It's um, good. Yeah, I like the movie. It's a great movie. Excellent. It is movie. a good movie. We reviewed it. I think we back did. Way back when. Way back when, in the early in the early West days of the five Man, years ago, in the pre Sparks era, the pre Sparks era, yeah, for leading yeah. up to uh, Star Trek's fiftieth anniversary, we we did the best Star Trek movies, starting with Beyond, which had just no ending with Beyond, which was coming yeah. out that weekend. And with Beyond, we started with Rathacon. Yeah, ooh, baby, good. That was the first time I I realized that my my girlfriend and I might not be long for this world. It's been five years, so who knows? Maybe I was wrong. Yeah, yeah there you go. You never know. Um, because she was because she she was like, I don't like Star Trek. Four years later, I got her into Star Trek. So there you <laughs> go. At the Life. end, I won. Life has a way. Um, I went to a movie theater for the first time in a very long time. In a year. Um, Bloodshot was the final movie I saw in movie theaters last year. It's always been a stain on my existence. Hey, could could be worse. Could be worse. Bloodshot I guess so. Bloodshot was totally, totally fine. It could have been Crimes of Grindelwald. It could have been Crimes of oh, Grindelwald. Could have been The Rise of Skywalker. Ooh, you guys are hurting Listen, me. Thank you, Vinny D. That's all I'm saying. Thank you for Bloodshot. You're totally fine. Six out of ten movie. Um, yeah, so I, I went to the movie theater. It's a, uh, AMC is probably overdoing it with the COVID safe, which is actually a good thing. Um, I'd rather them be over safe than under safe. Yeah, and, and that was really great because we we did it and we were like, you know, I do feel uh, safe coming uh, back uh, because they've done all the, the this like COVID safe stuff with um, you can't obviously you can't buy your popcorn, but you also can't get your own drink, and uh, they handle everything for you in this like funneled line, um, and then they pair off the seats so people don't sit next to you and are safe and behind you and whatever. So, <clears throat> question. Yeah. What if you're going with a group of like six people? Can you still all sit next to each other? Yes, the group can, groups can sit next to each other, but then the seats next to them and yeah. behind them are going to be blocked off. Cool. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, um, or you can rent out a movie theater like we are doing. Hella cheap. Very excited. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So uh, I just I I wanted to see a movie in the movie theater, and and because we're vaccinated, we decided to risk it. Um, but we saw Nobody, which is the Bob Odenkirk. Uh, John Wick, John Wickish movie, Wickian. Um, also written by Derek Holstad, who for me has yet to lose. Um, oh, I didn't realize he also wrote this movie. That's yeah. so funny. He has just like this is who I am. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's definitely not the next John Wick. Um, yeah. but it, it, it Bob Odenkirk's really fun in the role. Christopher Lloyd's in it, and he's got a great role. I've heard like um, nothing but good things. Like everyone yeah. kind of expected it to be fine, but everyone's like, no, it's really fun. It's really good. Yeah. It's a, it's a good time. Um, there's some really great moments in it. A uh, really great bad guy is a lot of fun. Cool. Um, yeah. Enjoyed the hell out of it. Enjoyed the hell out of it. I'll see that one. Probably 
in my home. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, that's fine. Um, it's universal, so give it a couple, give it like a week or two. Yeah. Um, and did you guys see that? Um, sorry, Godzilla vs Kong is about to make more money than Godzilla King of the Monsters. Good. Oh, that's so wild. It's doing in a really pandemic well. year. Yeah, it's doing. I mean, it helps that the movie's better, and also like it's a big like. It event. helps that it has a lack of competition. Yes, also yes. that that very much. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, I just saw those numbers. I wrote an article. It should be up this week. Um, That's about awesome. This. Um, uh, but yeah, I just saw those numbers. It was crazy. Couldn't believe so it. So probably more monsters. I really hope, like, I, I I hate that, like, everything is getting a hashtag now. And, like, I don't, that's not the world I want to live in. But, like, th- of all the things that deserve, like, Monsterverse, like, this is a good movie. Mm. And, like, people are responding to it. And it's obviously making good money for a pandemic. So, like, you can't end it here. I know, like, contracts and legality and, like, you know, like, Toho and stuff, like, gotta make it work you gotta do it i mean we know that the anime is coming to netflix but definitely yeah. more movies i think are warranted and expected after the success of this movie yeah 100 um but anyway uh the final thing i did is i was in a I was uh you know i wanted to watch mighty ducks the game changers so we decided to hunker down and watch all three mighty ducks movies so you're technically you're more knowledgeable than mr ben magnet over here our resident fan I'm just saying. Well, because I've seen Game Changers, yes, but not because I've seen all the movies. That's what I mean. Like you're yeah. you're like in the know now. You you're Gordon Bombay over here. Um, <laughs> are I... the Mighty Ducks the baddies? Yes, Don't they spoil are. It. Oh. <laughs> it's in the trailer. It's in the trailer. <laughs> oh no! Okay, okay. I'm about to get you, Ben. You're gonna love this. All right. So, uh, look, I really I, I enjoyed the first one. It's it's a serviceable, fun sports movie with some good performances. Uh, the second one is worse than that, not by much. Um, I understand there's some uh, unfortunate homophobia. That's what I've also heard. Early films. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a bummer. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so okay, so Ben, tell me. Yeah. What team do the characters play for in the second film? Team USA. Right. right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and Ben, what team do they play for uh, in the third film? Um, you mean the team? The team that the uh, it's a ripoff of the Chicago Blackhawks. That's their what their logo is when they first in the movie. But you would agree, you would agree. You would agree. You would agree. You would agree. It's not the Ducks, right? Yeah, it's the Ducks right? team. But yeah, okay, okay. I see what you're uh, getting at. I see what you're getting at. So Ben, what? Uh, sorry, what was your problem with Mighty Ducks Game Changers? I see what you're getting at. <laughs> <laughs> you pitch it up and you knock it down, Brandon. <laughs> Ben, ben was playing okay. off the fact that none of us were really aware of the Mighty Ducks movie's chronology, but now Brandon has him up against the ropes to say, this has always been the story. But at this, okay, so in D2, okay, even though they're still quote-unquote Team USA, it's still Gordon Bombay's Ducks team with a few added players, and at the end of the movie, they do wear the actual NHL jerseys that the, original, that the real team would eventually get. Right, right, Ben. And they do say, and at the freaking... Trivia: The arena where they play at is where the Ducks are back in there and back in the days. It was called the Arrowhead Pond of Anaheim. Now it's a Honda Center. But they do say we will quack you. So they are the freaking Ducks of that end okay, scene. Ben, they are ben, the end of the movie. Ben, right? So the end of the movies, but at the end of both movies, they are ducks, right? The, the ducks, yes. Right. So Ben, what do you think is going to happen at the end of Mighty Ducks Game Changers? <laughs> They're going to be the, the ducks. They're going to join the team. I don't know. <laughs> They're going to say we will quack you. <laughs> You hit Ben's Mighty Ducks button. I did. I'm a Ducks fan. I'm a Kings fan. Do the Kings have a children's franchise? 
No, but we do have two Stanley Cups over the Ducks' third. Suck it, Anaheim. Take that, oh, no. Gordon Bombay. Take that, fictional we, characters. Do the Kings say, we will knight you? We will knight you. <laughs> no, because we have there's ben. a hockey team called the Golden Knights, but we're getting way off topic. Anyways, yes, Brandon. Ben. This is funny. All's, all's I'm saying, Ben, is that the Mighty Ducks haven't been the Mighty Ducks. The Game whole point of the, of the third film is that they can't be Ducks. Quack, quack. Um, quack me if you got them. Yeah, anyway, I, I enjoyed the franchise enough. That's why I haven't seen D3 in years, though. The, the My Ducks film I actually do go to a lot or used to is D2 only because yeah. that's the one we had on VHS and that was the one I liked the most. I don't like um, I've seen any of those movies. You look, look, they're, they're, they're fine movies. The third one's the worst. It just kind of progressively gets worse. Um, Where does the mutant duck monsters come in? Where does that thing come <laughs> that's from? That, no, I no, really no. want to know because I like that show. I really want to know what because it was, it was made after it was made two years after the third movie came out. Okay. So like, I, what if we make this into a sci-fi? Thing? So, um, <laughs> uh, a dear friend of mine um, started watching all of these this week as well to watch Game Changers because he's a huge hockey fan and he'd never watched the Mighty Ducks films, and he's uh, homosexual, so he's also like. Man, I'd really like to like these movies, but that rampant homophobia is real problematic. And uh, so 90s. he just, he's just, but the show apparently is pretty good. So I'd hope so. Yeah, right. So um, Emilio Estevez is definitely the highlight of the movies for me because I hate all the kids except Chris. I like Chris. Um, and he. Thor from Good Boys? No, that's the, that's in Game Changers. Let's talk about the older ones. Oh, oh. Talk about the, 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 the movies. Uh, the guy who plays, the guy, the, made, the lead dude in Fringe. Is yeah, the lead okay. kid in Mighty Ducks? Oh, oh that's yeah, Charlie. Thank you, David Boreanaz. I don't know. Um, Dawson's he, Creek, but not Dawson. Yeah, yeah, that also him. Um, so so like Emilio Estevez is kind of like the draw for me because I, I don't I don't like any of the kids and Emilio Estevez is in less of the third film because they were writing him out for a new coach. Yes. Um, and that that just doesn't work for me because I'm like if I'm not watching Emilio Estevez, I don't give a shit about these kids. Joshua Jackson. Thank you. That's man. What a generic guy. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. And talk, uh, talk about like plain average Joe milk toast. Uh, white yeah. guy. <laughs> Tom Smith. <laughs> totally, totally reasonable actor. Yeah. But like middle of the road, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched Mighty, Mighty Ducks Game Changers this uh, today. Actually, there's three episodes out on Disney Plus um, and I really like it. I think it's actually better. Certainly better than the first two films. I'm not sure if I'm willing to say better than the first. Um, it's developed by the same guy, so a lot of the a lot of the episodes and the concept was written by the guy who wrote the first three films. Oh, that's cool. That's good. Um, so it's definitely it's got, so got the original creator behind it. Um, all the characters are really cool. I like the kids a lot. Um, and yes, Thor from um, Good Boys, and uh, Lauren Graham from Gilmore Girls, which we just talked about, was Barks this week. Um, and it's just really, uh, uh, I don't want to say good again, but yeah, it's 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 really good. Uh, I think Gordon Bombay. Emilio Estevez. Emilio Estevez is looking more and more like his father every damn day. Yeah, I several people on Twitter this week have like posted pictures like side by sides, and I'm like, yo, he's just his dad now. Yeah, the, the evolution has has he's evolved. He, yeah. he there's a, there's also a moment where he looks just like his brother Charlie Sheen. But oh, God, um, yeah. When he went, but like Charlie Sheen doesn't really look like Martin Sheen. But like Emilio Estevez walks out and does like this. He's kind of like heavy now, so he's walking like his dad. He's got he does he like stands like his dad now. The weird thing is that Charlie Sheen looked more like his dad when he was younger. younger. And as he's getting older, he looks less like his dad. Yeah. And Emilio Estevez is the reverse. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, for those of you who don't know, Emilio Estevez is the son of Martin Sheen uh, and brother of Charlie Sheen. Mm-hmm. Um, Estevez is their original family name. They had, they wanted more of a Sheen to their Hollywood name. Yeah. Um, it's really cool to see Emilio Estevez do something like this. Um, it's kind of a retread of the first movie, but you are starting to understand why Gordon Bombay reverted. Um, something happened with the ducks specifically to make them uh, dicks. Is this a Last uh, Jedi situation? It's a Cobra Kai situation mixed with the Last Jedi situation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, which I find it to be more enjoyable than Cobra Kai already, uh, only three episodes in. Um, as much as I do like Cobra Kai where it is where it is now, um, I'm not a fan of its, of its beginnings. Uh, but especially Ben, uh, as a Mighty Ducks fan, you'd really like it. You're up. Oh. You'd really like it, dude. I hope you watch it. I hope no, you give it a shot. I, I should. I should watch it. I should. You should. That's my Brandon, week. Brandon can't be the new Mighty Ducks guy. You have to. It's got to be you. I'm gonna watch it every week, Ben. He's gonna watch it every week and have it memorized. Um. Yeah. It's a lot. It's good. I like it a lot. I think you guys should check it out, especially Ben. Mm-hmm. Love it. And that is my week. Shall we get into our? It really does make sense. Brandon is the biggest sports fan on the show, so it's true. It's gonna stick. I just don't start. Hey, just Brandon, don't start reading Stephen King books because then you're just taking all of Ben's shit, and I'm just like, you reminded me. Yes, I. I, So I started reading it this week. Oh, it's a thousand pages. Oh no, I'm not even halfway done with Dune. (laughs) You got like seven months of all the Stephen King books to pick. It would not be the one Brandon would go to. The longest one. Uh, ben, you've read it, right? No. No. Oh, sorry. You being his best friend and all. Tell Steven. Oh, uh, now my nerdy, now my nerdy is on the chat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's back to the like an hour of news we gotta get through before we talk about Mortal Kombat. Right. Uh, so, okay, so some bad news up top. I heard a prince died this week. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were making a different a joke, but no, I guess yeah, that's actually true. Yeah, <laughs> I was, that that was the thing. I, I I actually saw um, I was writing an article for Old School Gamer when the news hit on Twitter because I have a bunch of uh, followers out in England, and there's like they're the new. The I knew about that before like my official like little news thing came on my phone it was like Prince Philip passed away. I was like, oh, that sucks. Cool. Yeah, but does it, Ben? Um, I didn't I say know. it, but one of uh, one of the OG colonizers has passed. Hell yeah, married his yeah. cousin. Great guy. <laughs> All right, uh, but really, we're, that was just kind of a. I forgot. I honestly, um, Frank Jacobs, a prolific writer for Mad Magazine, one of the most, uh, uh, passed away at the age of ninety-two this week. Yeah. Good innings, uh, as the Australians say. I think. Yeah. Paul Ritter. It. Paul Ritter, who is an actor, uh, most notably from Quantum of Solace and recently Chernobyl. Yeah, man. Uh, he passed away this week at the age of 54 from a brain tumor. This yeah. sucks. Uh, this is like one of those guys that like shows up in a lot of things. You're like, oh yeah, that guy. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, that's a shame. Too young. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then rapper DMX man. passed away this week at the age of 50 after being hospitalized last week due to a heart attack. Man, yeah. that's that sucked to watch happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, just Just like the news coming out day after day like he's alive he's not, he was not doing yeah. uh, that was that was shitty uh obviously like we're you know uh not the biggest dmx fans here uh not to assume from anybody um he but in terms of being just an incredible person and a, a figure of a community 
and a dude who was just so wholesome and nice. Um, he, you know, he, he was a rapper and he rapped about, you know, lots of things, but like as a, as a person, dude, like the stuff that's been coming out that I've seen online is like, he's just one of the nicest, most humble, most like soulful people who ever lived. Like yeah. every restaurant he went to, he over tipped, he'd go hang out in the kitchens and make food with them. Like he, he was just one of those guys who he was a pay it forward. He was a pay it forward guy. And he was one of those people who was like, I know where I came from. And so like, I understand, I understand like the plight of regular people and like, uh, it's it's just such a shame how like you learn so much about someone after they're gone. Um, and you know, obviously, he has had so many successful hits. Like we all know, there's like X gonna give it to you and all that. Like like Rough Riders, are all great songs. Um, it's like he was very young and just like this is one of the ones you don't want to lose early. It's a shame. Yeah. It's yeah. it was a, it was a big big loss for a lot of people, man. This one really sucked. No, I found this really cool clip. Um, you know how people would go on the that that slingshot ride where you're in a thing and they shoot you up and it's like a bungee cord thing. So With his daughter. A- yeah, it was this really great clip of him with his daughter. And of course, the daughter, she's young, she's scared, she's crying. And they go and he's constantly holding her hands like, it's, it's okay, daddy's here, daddy's here. I was like, man, that, that's nice. Yeah, um, he he has a really great speech, like from years ago, and talking about how um, he's not he's not an industry artist, he's an artist in the industry. And how he talks about how how the industry will try to take everything from you and you have to stay real to who you are as a person and as a creative person or else then you will lose your soul and that's what he's been fighting for like his whole life and i'm like god like it just he's like so inspirational and it just sucks that like we always lose like the good ones man yeah, yeah. It's a shame. the man grew orchids yeah dude man yeah i, would, I okay i know this is like i don't know how, how this to phrase this but i would never think the man who would who wrote and sang and performed x gonna give it to you oh yeah yeah it takes care of his or takes care and grows orchids and the beautiful thing about that was his his whole thing with with orchids was i didn't need to buy the most expensive soil or the most expensive seeds what they all all they ever needed was time and love and i'm like jesus christ dmx like (laughs) oh my god it's too good um it was it was a really interesting week to seeing so many people respond to this and i'm like He's not someone who'd really come up on our podcast very often, but he was in a couple of movies. Like Jet Li had a lot of nice things to say about him. He was in Cradle to the Grave. Um, right. He did a couple of movies in the 90s and 2000s. Um, just just a, a huge legacy behind him, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clear, clearly one of those sincere souls, and it yeah. sucks to lose him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. We have a Ray Fisher update. Oh, my God. It's the, the biggest. The, the, the one we've been waiting for. I read this whole effing thing. Oh, my God. Same. So in the links, in the in the links, I forgot to mention um, the description below. You can find links to the complete Hollywood Reporter article, um, and also Chris Terrio's Variety article. I didn't take it out, but it's there. Man, um, so much. Oh man, I forgot about the Terrio stuff too. Oh. Yeah, both those came out this week. Um, definitely want to read the Ray Fisher one. We're not going to obviously read it here, so definitely check it out time. on Hollywood Reporter. Uh, it's linked below. But anyway, so yes, the the Ray Fisher tell all. Yeah, the, this is this is what we've been waiting for is is him really diving into like what his experiences were what his grievances were all that kind of stuff and and now it's like yes thank you now now i feel like i've got the picture we're, we're clear again like not a thing of i was distrusting you i just was tired of the like more to come soon yeah more yeah. to come soon they, they wait and see there's still things that like i don't agree with fisher on like i i cannot back him on that I think cutting Kiersey Clemens from Justice League was a racial decision. It just seems like a time management decision. Yeah. Her scene is unnecessary, even in the Snyder cut. It just is. Um, I don't think that was racially motivated. And I don't think that thing about Whedon wanting to alter the color of black people's skin in post could, could functionally work unless he himself was doing the editing. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless of all that, 
The stuff here, I 100% believe, and it's gross, yeah. and it sucks. Uh, and boy, Whedon's gross. And uh, uh, well, the, the way he shut him down when Ray Fisher came to meet him about wanting to give notes on how this would, this would land for the black community and Joss Whedon just totally turning away from all that is awful. The same with like the booyah thing. Like, like that was, it was a note. Um, who, I think it was, it was like one of the producers and he was like, well, Cyborg has a, has a catchphrase. He always says booyah. That's a catchphrase. That's what, Je that's what Jeff told me, Jeff Johns. Uh, and he's like, he's only ever said that in the cartoons. Like, that's not really a comic book thing. He maybe have said it a couple times, but that is not, that is not a thing that like, that is to this character. And he's like, no, but we need to sell toys and stuff. So you're going to say it. And then they, they shot the scene and he did like one take. And then Jeff was, or like one of the, one of the guys was like, great job, Ray. I was Joss. Joss, yeah. Joss was like, great job, Ray. Great job, bud. And it's like, uh, so condescending. Before and he, before he said it, uh, uh, it, it says that Joss was doing a, uh, come Hamlet, speak the line, the, the <sighs> that I Shakespeare, I yeah, that oh. I have to. Uh, the the producer you're, you're speaking of uh, that was a that was a dinner where he said that imagine if if the if the head of AT and T has a daughter and they want to send her a daughter and they want to see the line and they don't see the line in this movie uh, and, and if they don't see take this movie I could lose my job bullshit but now some of the things I found in, uh, 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 un unintentionally funny uh, I texted Sparks one of them uh, were uh, Jeff Johns's uh, Spokesperson needs to uh, uh, find a new job because, <laughs> wow, um, that spokesperson was, was said some of the funniest things unintentionally, especially like the 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 fake frosty announcement. And after the paragraph, the fake frosty announcement was like, Warner Brothers tells me this movie is still in production. Uh, <laughs> the Frosty yeah, the Snowman movie. Yeah, um, that thing that we all thought was weird when they announced it, and then Jason Momoa called it out flat out and yeah, was yeah. like, "Yo, this is bull." Uh, yeah, there's stuff with with yeah Jason Momoa and like Gal Gadot. How like there's the more stuff there. The boot ball. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what, what happened to Gal Gadot is disgusting also. Yeah. Uh, threatening threatening job, threatening Gal Gadot's job, uh, Patty Jank, uh, belittling Patty Jenkins. Um, like, saying the, he's going to make her look stupid in this movie if he doesn't like say the lines that he's making her say. Yeah. And then like the, 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 what I, what I sarcastically call the hilarious boot ball because it's, it's, it's so funny. Um, the, 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 how Gal Gadot and uh, uh, her stunt double both refused to do it. Because uh, they didn't want to, they didn't want to do it, and and yeah. like locking them in the trailer to try to, uh, to be like, I'll let you out if you do it. Gross. Just like, just like again, like all these like, so many like microaggressions and so many small things that don't really seem like would be a big deal, but when you add them all up, it's just like these people. Some, uh, it just makes me so mad because like we are getting a fuller picture, and I'm just trying to imagine like you, we, we all have had jobs that we don't like, and you have to go to work and like put on a smiling face. But like I can't imagine like having to go do this and deal with like a bunch of like possible racism and shitty sexism and it's like like ha say the lines jerk I'm your director and it's like I just it sucks so bad and then to have that movie come out and you're not even in the movie that's why I support the Snyder Cut so much because I'm like it's so shitty that so many of these people got the shaft uh, it is it makes me so mad and now I'm just I'm glad this finally came out like once more than it said one of the things that I that I that I really liked about the about the piece is that you know. Uh, Ray Fisher came off and he was like, look, I'm not out for blood. Um, and he talks about how John Berg apologized. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was like, that was really big of him. He didn't need to do that. But yeah, he called me and apologized. Uh, That's um, nice. I really, I, I really like that. I also good on John Berg to like read the read writing on the wall and just apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting how this reflects on 
Warner Brothers going forward. Um, it's it's pretty clear, like you've you've got to kind of believe a side in this at this point. And uh, yeah, I think most people of public opinion are going to believe Ray Fisher's side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very much a, you know, regardless of how much they might try to say Hamada had nothing to do with anything. Um, uh, regardless of how much Hamada might have had to do with any of it, like it's still there's all this janky ass crap with the uh, with the de- the detectives when it changes over and all that kind of stuff and the sharing of information is real weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, ben, did you did you read it? You haven't said anything. I have not read it. No. Um, oh, okay. But just hearing what but just hearing what you guys are uh, have to say about talking about it and it really sucks it really really freaking sucks and i do wonder i I do wonder what's going to happen um because warner brothers is very clear that they want to protect jeff johns Mm -hmm. um the way that just all the ways they handled this throwing everyone under the bus except for him um i do want to i do wonder um what this is going to do to his career yeah um well his comics career is going to be fine his new number his new number one is already sold out i'm not talking about his independent career i'm talking about like will will he will he will dc just be like yeah we're bye it seems like he's not doing much over there anyway like his shazam stuff's over right yeah for now um but he is still a presence there uh there's batman earth one volume two is uh, volume three is coming um so i i do wonder like well uh how, how will dc handle this is interesting to me uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they take the coward's way and don't say anything and don't do anything and just let him just live life. Maybe. Probably. Well, see, there was there was a lot of comic backlash uh, this week. In, there was. In attachment to this, which was yeah. wild to see. Um, not to dis- disregard which historian with uh, their comment, you know, we oh, can't yes. believe this. Microaggressions, this is misogyny, period. Certainly in relation to the stuff with Gal Gadot. Yeah. Uh, but I think, like, uh, there's a lot of microaggressions specifically towards Ray Fisher that, uh, uh, again, they're they're masked in that that minor thing, which is how a lot of people will will go past it. But it is just overt grossness. So um, I, I do remember another another unintentionally uh, funny part when, when – um, uh, Ray Fisher is accusing uh, Jeff, Jeff Johns of a form of racism, and uh, and Je- Jeff's uh, uh, spokesperson was like, "I just want to remind everyone that oh. Jeff is Lebanese American, and he was married to a black woman in an Asian." And it's like, "Oh, buddy, bro, oh my god, it's that not, was it's not he how you was, diffuse that." He was married. <laughs> well, I'm like, cool, buddy. Bring it oh my god. The the, the, phrase, the word the key word in that phrase is was not even not, it's, it's, not, it's not even that it's just like this publicist is like what can i do to make him seem not racist he was married to a black woman really currently married a, to an asian woman okay yeah he he's absolutely not racist he can't be it's possible no of course not that's how that works i love it it's so yeah, funny it was very funny um uh, i don't know i don't know how much we want to say about this but chris terrio also had an interview with variety uh this week i read the whole thing i i i was i was actually kind of shocked i didn't expect I, I kind of figured most of the story stuff was kind of on him and, and them, but like, it looks like Warner brothers was a little more involved than we thought. Um, right. That's like Warner brothers had like a, like a darker, darker idea. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot he talks about, obviously throwing Warner brothers under the bus and, and, and many ways, uh, you know, as, you know, rightfully he should in some cases. Um, but he does admit like, you know what, if you don't like, if you don't like how I write, that's fine. But like, some of these things were like not my decision and, 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 and how he definitely paints it as like, it, this was a fight 
to get Batman v Superman and Justice League made the way they are uh, yeah. every step of the way from Warner Brothers. Which, you know. And and I and I believe that uh, for better or worse for either of those movies, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm glad he's going back to smaller films, though. I, I I personally do not think he's cut out for the blockbusters. For real, that dude won an Oscar making. I don't know if he's cut out for writing. No, no, because Argo's really, really good. I really like, like Argo. One good five no, bad know. doesn't make it. Five. I don't know about five bad. Five. Bad. What's the fifth one? Wait, Batman v Superman, Justice League, Rise of Skywalker. What else? What are the other two? Got to pull oh. it out. Okay, we got to <laughs> of course. We'll figure this out, guys. Don't worry. Listen, he wrote Argo, and I think the movie's incredible. Lots I of really like Argo. I, I really agree. Like his, Argo. Block, his blockbusters are, are bad. Uh, also, studio interference seems to keep fucking him. Oops, sorry. Keep pooping him over. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there's always like, you know, how much do do you want to, how much How much is the blame? He wants to p- take the blame completely off of him, but there is a sense like he is the writer. Um, I mean, I'm sure there like, is some blame there. And look, we all sure saw Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, he also probably still wrote that Martha line, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We all saw Rise of Skywalker. There are other two, Sparks. No, there are another two. Okay, I'm just making sure. Okay, uh, I was, wasn't sure if Sorry, I forgot. I just no. wanted to check no, if I, I had. I didn't. I didn't pull a number specifically. No, I know. I know all five off the top of my head. I was just like, I'm just throwing out. You were just incredibly negative. Sheet. Yes, I know. You were very negative. Um, I think Jerry's writing's really bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Overall. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, I do still really like Argo. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Both those links are just are down below. Uh, so definitely check those out. Um, fascinating reads. Fascinating. Yeah, definitely check that that Ray Fisher one out. I didn't read the full Terrio. I got some. I, w- I would like to read the the Ray Fisher one. Yeah, you should. Uh, hearing what you guys have to say about that, I was like, oh shit, went down. It's eye opening. Um, all right, so some industry stuff. Um, there's some new release dates for some movies. Um, I thought no, I thought last week was it. I thought we were done. Me too. But Hotel Transylvania four, uh, now called Transformania, which I honestly didn't know was coming. You're lying. I didn't know Hotel Transformation 4 was coming. I also didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, it, it's been moved uh, It's been moved up from its August 6th release date of this year to July 23rd. In three months? And we haven't... Yeah. I didn't even know that movie existed. Yeah. Crazy. You guys um, like those movies. Do those movies do well? Like, I, I don't know. I think they're fine enough. First one, I really enjoy. Second one's okay. I haven't seen the third one. I like I, them all. Yeah. I, like them all. I, just, I just don't know, like, how, like... Because I just like don't know that world. They've I don't clearly, know how they they've clearly done well enough. Yeah. Um, this is supposed to be like the end of Gendy's story. So cool. I like Gendy Karakasi. I like these movies. Oh, he's got an arc. I was actually about to ask if he was going to be involved in it. If he was going to be involved in this. So yeah. So he's not directing this one. He directed mm. the first three, but he's still working as a writer and executive producer on this one. Interesting. At least he's still working on it. Weird that he's not doing like if he has like a plan, he's not doing the last one. Uh, I don't know why uh, he's not directing it. I think, oh, there we go. Oh, there he goes. You're back. You're back. <clears throat> Whew. Top Gun. Top Gun. Top Gun Maverick has been moved from its July 2nd release date to November 19th. Oh. Okay. Okay. Um, I forgot about quick, it. Real quickly, I want to uh, bring up uh, Witch Historian in the chat. Uh, says, let's be real, blockbusters these <laughs> days often are. Uh, you are allowed to have that opinion. I think most of us won't share it. I like... I give everything a chance. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, Mission Impossible 7, which was originally on, on the November 19th release date, has been moved to May 27th, 2022. So a full three months. I, I, I for a second thought you were going to say May 2021. I was like, we're going to see a new Mission Impossible in a month. Baby, give it to me. But no. No, sadly no. Uh, which also moved uh, Mission Impossible 8 from its November 
release date of 2022 to July 7th, 2023. Okay. So. Um, give me more of those, please. Yeah, definitely. I'm so excited. Um, Sony Pictures has entered a deal with Netflix. Um, that will exclusively Netflix will be the exclusive home. Well, not really exclusive because they can make new deals with other streaming service, but for now, exclusive home for all their future movies. We were we were talking about how like oh yeah, Sony doesn't have their own like they don't have like their own HBO Max or whatever. They're just going to use Netflix, I guess. Yeah, that's sure. smart. Yeah, doesn't that mean? Does that mean this, what about the Spider Man movies? Yeah, they go to Netflix, but only the ones coming out next starting next year. Nothing this year or before. So like Homecoming will stay on Disney. It's not um, on. It's just not going to be on a streaming service. God, that's so weird. Yeah, um, and it, they, the deal could also. We don't actually know about. Um, we don't actually know about a lot of the. Um, I got distracted by the comment. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, about the older films, so they could they they could be added at a later date potentially. Yeah. But for now, no. Yeah. Um, sacrilegious comment. Impossible Seven. Um, I don't think that's fair, which historian. I don't know if you play video games, but I've played 15 Final Fantasies. If it's good, it's good. I don't care about how long they are. You know, yeah. like nine Impossible. Fast and Furious. Like how many Marvel movies? I'm like how many uh, uh, James Bonds? That's 50. Like I. Uh, that you want matter. you want to give me the same team who made the the last two great the last three great Mission Impossible movies? Mission Impo- the last Mission Impossible is one of the greatest action movies ever made. Like yeah. it doesn't matter that it's called Seven. Or, oh, right? uh, Mag, Mag, really quickly. Uh, Mag says recommend. Last blockbuster documentary. Yes, that's on Netflix right now. Um, mm-hmm. I am interested in watching that. I will watch that. The soon. Alaskan one. Yes. No, that's the one. No, that's the one in Oregon. Oh, it's the one in Oregon. Well, it's whatever. It's, it's a, weird because the there, there should be there should be one in Alaska too, which is funny because they call it the this is the last blockbuster, but there's two stores left: one in Alaska, one in Oregon. If you watch John Oliver, he he sent like Russell Crowe's like jockstrap to the Alaskan blockbuster he as did. like a memorabilia. So yeah, he did. Was really, the last blockbuster. I'm saying. All right. I mean, they're, okay. Um, there's two. One can easily be accessed. The other, you have to go through a lot of hoops to get there. <laughs> it's okay. There's a documentary on Netflix. I know. Um, I okay. Warner Media um, has made it clear that in next year, 2022, uh, all their major films will be theatrical exclusive, so not HBO Max same day. Denny Villeneuve is clapping. Yes, he is. <laughs> Um, but the theater, the theater um, run of films will be reduced to 45 days, okay. um, instead of uh, the the 90 days, which other. But that's been changing. Like Universal, we talked about 17 days. Um, man, movie man. I mean, I guess I haven't been to a movie in a while, but I feel like 90 days is a long time for movies. Yeah, that, that was there. I mean, they would be phased out when, as new movies came. Yeah, um, yeah. But the initial, but like the contractual theatrical run is it used to be three months. Wow. All right. I'm more excited for Mortal Kombat. I haven't been to a movie theater since. Oh, I'm so excited, especially okay, after watching you, these two movies. No, for you guys, I want to say it was it was Bloodshot for me. I think it was Sonic the Hedgehog, which was the last movie that I saw in the movie theater. That's good for Better you. Better movie. Better movie. Yeah. yeah. Right. Powerpuff. We've been talking about Powerpuff a lot the past couple couple uh, weeks. Yeah. Uh, love the new uh, cassette photos. The, the cast looks great. Um, Listen, hold on. If you're if you're gonna do that, uh, people on the internet need to settle down because those are out of context photos that we don't know what those are. That's not the costumes they're gonna wear the entire show. People have never seen behind the behind the scenes photos ever before, apparently, because this happens literally every time behind the scenes stuff comes out. Settle down, you jerks. Jesus. Um, what's the the, the blonde? I forgot her name. Uh, Bubbles. 
doing her her like bubbles pose. Love it. I, I think yeah. it was great. Yeah, like that's a dream Generally. sequence towards them just like like doing something like that's not what they're wearing the whole show. You're they're or that's college. their initial superhero clothes. Like yeah, it's sure. Yeah, it's not I, bad. I'm I'm being serious. I actually thought it looked good. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited for the show. Honestly, um, Tom Kenny SpongeBob himself, the original narrator for Powerpuff Girls, will be reprising his role as the narrator. Awesome. That's the same that doing that. That's cool. Yeah. Who's the mayor? Oh, uh, I don't know, but I'll, it'll be nice to okay to sit down for Powerpuff and be like the city of towns. I was like, ah, oh, this is good. That's yeah. Robin Lively, um, who was actually the love interest in Karate Kid Three, which is fun, uh, has been cast as Sarah Bellum, the mayor's assistant. I was literally about to ask, are we not going to see? Are we going to? Is she going to be super tall? And we're not going to see her? Right? We're just going to frame her, frame her, frame her from the neck down. That's, you just see her. Joke, you just right? see her hair. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, she's described in the show as a warm and witty career woman who has a complicated romantic history with Drake, Dr. Utonium. Ooh. Um, always a friend to the Powerpuff Girls. She has remained close to them since childhood. Cool. Oh, this, ooh, ooh. If this is a sequel, what if now she's the mayor? Oh, yeah. Because there might not be a mayor because he's old as hell. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Mayor Bellum. Look, I'm I'm excited for the show. I hope they pull it off. The mayor is one of the hardest to translate characters. <laughs> I can't even imagine. It, he's super short, super short, big ass monocle man, monocle. Constantly, oh, constantly like, open this pickle jar. <laughs> the pickle jar joke is really funny. I remember. Um, the um, the one I always remember is one of the early episodes when the mayor babysits and he falls asleep, and so the girls go out and save the day, and. Uh, Drake, apparently, I didn't know that was his first name, comes oh, in after his date, which I think is supposed to be Medusa. Sedusa? Sedusa. Sedusa. Um, and sh- and he like wakes up the mayor. He's like, mayor, wake up. And the mayor just screams, my life is a lie! Oh, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> didn't get it as a kid. <laughs> anyway. Are the, original power- are the original episodes up on HBO Max, or are they somewhere else? I don't think they're on HBO Max right now. Damn. I don't know. Because yeah. uh, uh, seeing all these... I think the only Powerpuff Girls on HBO Max is the modern cartoon, the new one. No, because seeing all these old clips of Powerpuff, like when they bring their friend over from kindergarten, and she's like, and Bubbles is like, "Oh, he made it sound. It's okay, Professor. I was an accident too." It's like it appears to be on Hulu. I was a kid. Hulu. Oh. Uh, Okay. Look. Thank you. All right. Indiana Jones Five had a big announcement this week when they announced that Phoebe Waller-Bridge will be cast as the female lead of the movie. And of course, they wanted to clarify that John Williams himself is going to come out of retirement once again to score Indiana Jones. I'm going to be... Um, I, I just, because we were talking about Powerpuff and something struck my brain, I wonder if we'll ever see the Justice Friends. Oh, uh, yeah. For those who kind of pay attention... Uh, Tartakovsky's cartoons are slightly linked from that era between Dexter's Lab and the Powerpuff Girls by a string of heroes known as the Justice Friends and uh, with the infragable Kronk and uh, and I wonder if some of these dudes might show up. 100%. Uh, No way they don't. It's a CW. This is where you get the psychic uh, hero Monkey is a member. Um, Major Glory. uh, Capital G who plays The Rock. 
instruments nah. with his powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He's the Thor ripoff. Who's the metalhead, right? Yeah. Yeah. Man, uh, I haven't thought about those guys in so long. That's crazy. I, I know it popped in my head, and I'm like, "Yo, it would be dope." Uh, oh. Val, yeah. Val Halen, that's his name. Oh. That's a good name. I, oh, yeah, yeah, that that was a good good call. I forgot good about call, that. Oh man, goddamn, definitely. Uh, yeah. I I would love to see the Justice Friends show up. Yeah. Um. All right. All right. Indiana Jones Five, though. Phoebe Waller Bridge. What do you think? Uh like I listen. Like I wasn't too excited about another one like i'm sure it'd be good i'm sure it'd be fine is spielberg coming back do we know no it's james mangold that's right cool okay that's cool that makes me actually more excited now remembering that uh this is the type of news that makes me get on board this movie because you you know her Mm -hmm. uh she is so whip smart so funny so charismatic like i don't even know what this movie is now that she's like the lead of it what uh i'm so excited it's gonna be this movie's already immediately a hundred times funnier just by her being in it. Uh, Phoebe Phoebe Waller Bridge, uh, having written the best season of Killing Eve, which was the first. Uh, her show Fleabag. She was uh, L three in Solo, a Star mm-hmm. Wars story. She's uh, about to have her show with Donald Glover for Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, she's written that James Bond film that's about to come yeah, out. Yeah, she's super hot uh, right now. She's great. So her being involved in anything probably means it's got some good quality to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, talks about a bit how james mangold uh could i don't know if, if if will or should but could make this like an indiana jones version of logan uh a last hurrah for indiana um I, and if not that as, is not as violent <laughs> i i remain convinced uh at this moment that this is a prequel to uh crystal skull oh no um i uh, it, it, so okay that'd be cool uh but if it is the kind of last hurrah of indiana i hope that we pay off the only thing that i liked from kingdom of the crystal skull which is that he and marion got married mm, yeah mud leave mud out of it though i i hope that we get to see marion in this movie yeah sure um somebody posted something funny on twitter like indy was born in like 1899 or whatever and yeah. if you look at the trajectory uh like the how, 70s. how the movies have gone it would be in the 70s so he could go see star wars in 1977 as an old man wow. uh and then that would be like Maybe that's too cheesy, but like I'd I'd be into it. Oh, if George Lucas was if George Lucas and Steven Spielberg were developing this movie, uh probably would see that. Oh my god, yeah. They they cameos themselves de de-aged. Yeah. <laughs> she Hulk has cast Renee uh Elias Goldsberry from Hamilton um as a character named Amelia. Ooh, who knows? So we don't no, know who that is. That show starts filming soon. So does Moon Knight. Have you guys seen the behind the scenes stuff of Moon Knight? It's cool. Oh my god! I don't know if you've seen Oscar Isaac's been training, and he's been posting all of his training videos. Boy, that dude's doing his own stunts. Holy shit! It looks yeah. so good. He's beating people up. Uh, and then uh, for Borderlands, guys, Borderlands started filming this week. Oh my god! I can't believe it. And they made the they made the announcement to to they made the announcement that Edgar Ramirez was cast as Atlas, um, which is the also the name of the company in the games. Okay. Edgar Ramirez is uh Brandon, you know him, he was Ares in Wrath of the Titans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what he's been in that you guys have seen. Um yeah, that guy's really good. He's a good intimidating actor. Um I think Atlas is more of like like a like a business personality guy, so we'll see so we'll see how it goes. He's like a good actor, so like mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. Um they have a synopsis, but it's too long for me to read. Give me a quickie. Um what do you think? Okay. Read, read the last two sentences. How about that? Okay, hold on. Um <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, wait, wait, wait. Um, ah, I got it. I got it. A, a, a pers- 
These unlikely heroes must battle alien monsters and dangerous bandits to find and protect the missing girl who may hold the key to unimaginable power. Uh, yeah. Okay, so Borderlands, it's about, there's a, there's a vault on this planet that's full of alien, uh, uh, like, like it's an Indiana Jones in space. It's Indiana Jones mixed with, like, uh, uh, shooty games. So it's going to be like an, like a Guardians of the Galaxy almost. You got a Star-Lord looking for something. What that? Bo Boba Guns. I'm so stoked. Like, I, I got a good feeling about this one. I know we're talking about video games next week. Wish it was coming out this week. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Hopefully it's a hopefully it's a good one. I, yeah. I I hold that we are about to get a truly great video game adaptation. And if that is the case, then we could be in for a renaissance of great video game adaptation. Oh, baby. Uh, it's already out in other countries. And if those reviews are true, oh, my God. Ooh, <laughs> wait, just a couple weeks, Ryan. Hang on. Yeah. Just a couple weeks. Two weeks. I ain't scared. Black Adam has cast uh, Bodhi Sabongwe. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. um, and a mystery, a mystery role. He's a Canadian American actor of Egyptian uh, heritage. Um, okay. <coughs> he's been on a few things, but most notably, he's actually the founder of uh, the founder and head of a civil rights club at his uh, school. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so he's, he's like a huge, big activist in, in, in school. <clears throat> that's cool. Um, yeah. If they're, I mean, if they're like doing Egyptian stuff, it'd be nice to cast Egyptian actors. So like, that's right on. Yeah. Um, man, Black Adam, 2007. Is what? It, huh? 2007. Because Black Adam, no, Black Adam, uh, The Rock was announced initially as Black Adam in 2007. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. That's almost, it's going to be like 15 years. <laughs> for the Shazam film. And then when they finally decided that they're going to do a Shazam film on, on, on uh, in 2013, they did it again. Like Dwayne Johnson is still Black Adam. And man. now we're finally getting his solo movie. It's, I mean, hey, man, we got we got Dr. Fate, James Bond. Like, it's finally happening. Yeah. I, look, I'm excited. I think it's a, I, I think including the Justice League is really cool. I just think it's wild that this one actor has stayed with this role longer than 10 years. Yeah. Uh, I guess he really likes it. He really believes yeah. in it. It's going to be um, really sad if it's bad. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, speaking of Moon Knight, uh, Oscar Isaac, uh, Moon Knight's getting a new comic book. Which is spinning out of the events of the Age of Khonshu, uh, which is the Avengers uh, arc that was perfectly fine. Um, Jed McKay and Alessandro Cappuccio will be debuting a new Moon Knight series July 7th. I'm very excited. Moon Knight's pretty cool. Jed McKay is writing Hellions? No. Oh, no, yes. Zeb Wells. Sorry, Zeb Wells. Yes, they have very cool, weird names, similar. Uh, Jed McKay is currently writing Taskmaster. He's also writing that Mech Avengers book that you're reading. Um, that dude's like a big up-and-comer now. He's doing great stuff. He's really funny. Um, I'm uh, Moon Knight's like, he's more of a comedy guy, but that's not to say he can't do like drama action. So this is cool to see what direction people are taking with Moon Knight. Um, yeah. I just want more Moon, Moon Knight. He's always good. He's uh, He could be taking a Jerry, um, Chip Zdarsky uh, arc. Yes. Of, uh, starting as mostly comedy and moving to more action-heavy drama. Very good point, Brandon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, guys, do you want to talk about Extreme Carnage? Extreme Carnage? Extreme Carnage is coming next year. Well, this year. Sorry. There's, there's still plenty of time in this year. Um, Donny Cates is ending his Venom run, and Philip Kennedy Johnson seems to be the guy picking it up. Yeah. Um, with Manuel Garcia, with art for specifically for an event called Extreme Carnage which will uh, theoretically launch a new Venom storyline. Um, 
spinning out of whatever the hell. Uh, the big news, though, was that it's going to be Flash Thompson as, as the main uh, Venom. Um, if you read King and Black spoilers, I guess Flash Thompson's back. So, yep. Um, so um, I I I like Flash Thompson Venom one because it's a Rick Remender comic, and that's the reason I picked it up in the first place. Um, just like Venom, like I only picked Venom up because of Donny Cates. But um, Flash Thompson's great. That dude, uh, that dude lost his legs being a war hero, and then he, he the government gave him the symbiote, and the government it was a government funded symbiote project, and it things go bad, and you know stuff happens, and he stopped being Venom for a long time. Um, it's sick that this is happening. Um, Philip Kennedy Johnson uh isn't winning it for me right now like i haven't read alien but he did alien he's also doing a superman book and people aren't the hottest on that either so i'm like they're throwing a lot of books at this guy and he's not really hitting so i'll wait for the first issue i'll see yeah, how this was not the coming off of donny cates I, I was you know i'm planning on dropping venom anyway but if it was going to be someone exciting i would have kept going yeah. um but phil kennedy johnson is not the role not the person i'm kind of like all right maybe i maybe i had my venom fix for now and i'll yeah, yeah. get this um one. And I really like Venom's not a character I really like, and I the, the Donny Case runs awesome, uh, but like Flash Thompson is a character in a Venom that I really do like because he's just so different. Um, yeah. um, I'll give it that first issue, but like, uh, do we need another? You're not optimistic. Do we need another Venom event after we the first one literally or the second one like just ended? Like it's just so a soon lot. after a King of and Black. So soon after King and Black, certainly not. Um, I, I wouldn't even make an argument that there's been too many Venom events based around the popularity of Donny Cates doing Venom. And I don't just mean like the ones that have been in universe for him, yeah. but ones that have been other writers doing Venom events because Donny Cates Venom run was happening and popular like the Venom. There was the, the, the Carnage one before this one. Yeah. Right, but that was but that was like tied to mm -hmm. Donny Cates stuff. And I'm talking like the Venomverse thing that oh, happened. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Like right after Donny Cates Venom run was yeah, so yeah. successful, they're like, let's do this Venomverse thing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. yo, maybe let's not. Yeah, they went symbiote hard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did something else this week that I totally forgot to talk about because it's about symbiotes. I love Marvel, obviously, and I haven't watched all the Marvel cartoons. So I decided to watch three episodes from season two of Guardians of the Galaxy, the, the animated show, <laughs> for no reason at all except I was bored. It's called The Symbiote War. And in this version, the symbiotes, this is the MCU version of, of the Venom, right? Thanos was actually like one of the people who helped bring the symbiotes closer to our galaxy. And he helped like destroy their souls. And that's what turned them into the evil Venoms that we know. Before that, like the Clintar from the comics, they were actually a nice peaceful uh, race. Uh, so there's a lot of that stuff. There's the stuff from the Bendis run, stuff with Thanos from the MCU, it all ties together. You see a Thanos carnage. That's really cool. Um... Uh, Will Friedel, Star-Lord, the cast is really good. I think that show might be awesome, I think. I also watched it halfway into the second season, so I didn't watch the first season, so it might be bad. I thought it was pretty fun. That's uh, all right. Out of nowhere. The Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man, I think, did an event called uh, Maximum, Maximum, Maximum Venom. Venom, yeah, yeah. Which was partially plotted by Donny Cates. I, no joke, almost watched that after I watched the Guardian yeah. stuff, but I got a little too late, because I'm like, I want more Venom stuff. Uh, there you go. Yeah, um... Flash Thompson, also a fun fact, uh, is Donny Cates' favorite Venom. He would also agree that Flash Thompson is the best. Crazy, he didn't, he's not going to get to ride him. That's kind of sad. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, Flash was dead. And so, like, this whole arc has been about Flash and Eddie's, yeah, yeah. like, thing. And so, at the end of King and Black, Flash is back. I'm glad, at least. This is going to start with Extreme Carnage Alpha on July. So, that's enough about that. That's yep. good. Yeah. Reign of X. Guys, we all love X-Men. We all love the reign of X. This is the current era that we were in of X-Men. Um, after June's Hellfire Club, Hellfire Gala, sorry, 
party of the century, guys. I'm very excited. I got my invite already. They're dressed up. Um, Jerry Duggan and Pepe Larraz will be taking over the X-Men title with a new number one. This is, this is, we'll talk about it. It's very cool and interesting why they're doing this. Um, then in August, Leah Williams and Valerio uh, Shitty. Cheaty. Cheaty. Thank you. Uh, are launching a new title that is currently classified, but some people have pieced together what it could be. Um, September, we'll see Jonathan Hickman launch a new title, currently not named, and no artist uh, said. And those are three uh, new titles coming just from the, from the from the reign of X. Yes. So people, a lot of people are. I, I don't know if they're well. Some people, some people are mad because of new number one. But this isn't this isn't a this isn't the normal relaunch like you would get with just a new number one. The X Men comic as we know it now is not about the X Men. It is a, it is the politics of Krakoa. It is the all encompassing anthology book of the X Men. Right. Um, they just did a poll about who's going to be the newest member of the new X-Men team. The X-Men are getting relaunched. So X-Men number one is going to be actually about the team. Now the book has never been about that. Whatever Hickman's doing is going to be the big new world book. And now we're going to get our actual traditional Jerry Duggan, more traditional X-Men book. Um, totally cool. I love it. That's great. We don't know what Hickman's doing. Uh, we can't even speculate because it's so far out. Like we don't know what's happening. Same with the uh, Leia Williams book. Um, if you look under the text, it says it almost mm -hmm. looks like it says the trial, and people are speculating it's a trial of Scarlet Witch because um, she's the pretender. That's a big thing going on. Um, honestly, it's hard to speculate. It's just a bunch of fake words. Who knows what they are right now? Either way, I'm excited because I love everything that the X Men is putting out right now. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's they 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 have such a good thing with this line, and they they feel <laughs> confident. They 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 feel so confident to take away Jonathan Hickman away from X Men. And a lot of people are, that's what they're worried about. Everyone's like, oh my God, is Hickman like leaving the X-Men? He's like, no, he's still the showrunner. He's leaving the book that he doesn't need to be a part of because he did his job. Just like he did the first arc of New Mutants because he wanted to tell that story so he can get Bobby into space because that's like one of the arcs he's going to do. He's going to make Bobby and Sam like the kings of space and shit, right? The Shi'ar, not, not Hulkling. Don't you dare take away Hulkling. I got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I just think it's awesome. And like so many more books keep coming out. And also a lot of these books are probably going to be like miniseries, like Way of X. Like I don't think that's, I don't think that's a, a traditional ongoing. And like, Way, of X, of... Way of X is an ongoing, but X-Core oh. is only five-ish miniseries. Sorry, yes, yeah, so that's what I meant. Yeah, one of them is reversed. Um, but yeah, not all these will be ongoing. So like... um. You know, one book leaves, another one starts kind of like uh, Cable. That's why Cable's ending. Now we know, because Duggan's going to take over X-Men. Yeah. Um, it's all good to me, baby. It's just more more money in their pockets. Yeah. You guys have any other thoughts? You guys have said literally nothing for like 10 minutes. <laughs> no, I was going to I was gonna say most of the books I read when I was getting my car serviced were almost, were not all my X-Men books, but were a good chunk of my X-Men books. And just like reading through it, like seeing the little blurbs, I'm like, like there's this blurb about this one guy to the, um, I think to the Pope is like, hey, there might be the mutants might be creating a new religion. Oh, that's Way of X. And then they sent mentioned the Hellfire Gala, after uh, Marauder 16, where we see yeah. Kate and Emma Frost beat the ever living shit out of Sebastian Shaw, which was freaking awesome. Yeah, the Hellfire Gala. Uh, what Brian didn't mention was that the Hellfire Gala is going to introduce the new X Men, uh, the team. Right. That's where mm -hmm. that's the whole. That's the yeah. reason why they're having the gala yeah. to be like, yeah, and have... here are your new X Men. Yeah, like. Cause um, okay, I just I just read this issue too. Cause there's like this big vote for your X Men. Yeah. Like they act because because um, uh, not Sebastian Frack, uh, Magneto and Charles Xavier are like they're talking to Gene and the Cyclops are like, do you want to be back on the Quiet Council? No. Well, do you want to yeah, be on the X Men? It's like, well, let's let the people decide who are on who are on the X Men. I was like, 
that's a really good idea. And then there's a big picture of Scott going, election! <sighs> there is, yeah. Um, all right. Anyway. Um, I'm excited. I would just reiterate a lot of what you guys yeah. already said. I'm just stoked. Mm-hmm. DC Festival of Heroes, the Asian Superhero Celebration, a new anthology coming uh, in a couple of months, um, will introduce a new character called the Monkey Prince. Uh-huh. Are they only going to be in that one special? Let's hope not. Unclear, uh, but it's going to be... This is a new character created by Jean, Jean Luen Yang and Bernard Chang. Uh, they've co-created the character, um, obviously based off the Monkey King, kind of a young teenage Monkey King. Goku! Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, the, yeah I think this is really cool. The, the story, apparently, the Monkey Prince will battle a team-up will battle and team up with Shazam to defeat both the evil Dr. Savannah and a Chinese deer demon spirit. That sounds cool. Yeah, I think that is cool. I agree with Sparks. Let's hope he shows up sometime soon. That's mm-hmm. not just for this product. I like Jin Yang. Because mm-hmm. it, it's it's cool, but it's like, don't create a new character that's just going to be this one-off and then we're never going to talk about it ever again because you're just letting them do this this one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, trailers. Wow, we're here. Trailer party talk. Uh, so as I said up top, uh, Star Trek First Contact Day happened, and they uh, Paramount took the time to showcase some trailers for their new for the next seasons of their Star Trek shows. Um, there was nothing about Prodigy or Strange New Worlds, so we just got new fo- new looks at. Well, there was Prodigy, but not like footage. We know what Jamie looks like. Woohoo! Um, uh, and then. Uh, but Picard season two, Lower Decks season two, and Discovery season four got trailers. Did we know Picard was getting a second season? Yeah, it was renewed before the first season came out. Okay, I just don't remember. Okay, um, it was actually supposed to be filming and done filming. It was going to be the first show to come back, um, but because Patrick Stewart is, you know, old, old, um, they were like, "We'll do Discovery first. At risk. Let's just at say risk. At risk. I was looking for that word, but I couldn't <laughs> find it. The nicer word than just he's old as hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was at risk, so they decided to film Discovery first because all that, all those actors are young. That's cool. Um, but anyway, so yeah, uh, so was... expendable. Let's use <laughs> <laughs> right. Sorry, I was looking for the more respectful word. They wanted to use the show of red shirts. I understand. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, so I guess we'll, we'll talk about quickly Star Trek Picard season two trailer. Did you guys watch this? Yeah, yes, I watched all three of them. I, we watched all three. I don't oh. have a lot to say about any of them because I'm not watching them. Uh, the only thing I really have to say is that the coolest line I've ever heard related to Star Trek is, the final frontier is time. And yeah. <laughs> that's the best. Unfortunately, um, I wasn't able to... The only trailer of Star Trek stuff I watched was Lower Decks. Uh, that's the one you're watching, though. So that's it, that's what I watched. That's, that's why I want point. to get to that one last. Yeah. Um, uh, Picard was, was just like... It's a bunch of shots of things in his house. Like, it's a teaser. Like, man, well... So the big deal of the trailer was that it announced that John Delancey is going to be returning as the character Q, mm-hmm. uh, who we played in many episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Is he also the voice of Q in like the little in Q? Lower Decks? Yes. Yeah. In video um, games and stuff, he's he is being Q like in everything he will get paid for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but this will be the 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 first canon time we've seen him um since uh well lower decks but whatever um we've seen him since we saw him in voyager last uh where they kept trying to have to figure out a way that he doesn't send them back to the alpha quadrant um 
but so he'll be, he'll be, he'll be going against the so, card. So when this when this trailer was ending and it was a queen card, my immediate man was, oh sweet, the boar queen. Of course, it totally makes sense, boar queen. And then it just cuts and it's just it's just a cue and it's a man's it's voice and it's just a man's voice and I'm like, oh yeah, that also makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, um, that got me really excited. I'm actually really really stoked for Sergeant Picard. Uh, great to see Q come back. Um, I, I hope it's better than the first season. I'd like the first season fine. Um, but I didn't love it, and I hope I want to. I want to love Star Trek. That um, makes me really want to watch it because I really like you a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff about the Borg in the first in the first season, seven and nine. Um, and this one, there's a lot of talk about time, as Ryan said, and there's a there's long shots of just looking at like the Stargazer and Paradise Lost. So I wonder if we're dealing with time. We've got to be dealing with time travel, surely, in this yeah. season. So it'll be interesting to see that. Um, because we could go back to the Stargazer. Ooh. All right, Star Trek Discovery season four. Believe it or not, I don't um, have a, a anything to say about that other than cool new uniforms. As someone who's not watching the show, uh, I thought this looked like visually really, really interesting. Uh, yeah, like, even though it, she looks like she's wearing a Tron outfit, it's not Star Wars Star Trek at all. Like visually, I'm like, okay, this looks cool. Like, and they're dealing with like some like gravity monster thing and stuff. Like. It's not, it doesn't strike me as Star Trek whatsoever, but it looks cool, you know. Like, oh. I mean, I liked this. I liked the third season. Uh, so far, they have captured the the second season very well. The new setting of the thirty second century is interesting, and like I said, the the uniforms of the second in the third season were so ugly. The same design, but gray. Yeah, uh, they were so ugly that I was like, okay, the the, the costume designer needs to get fired because she's clearly blind. <laughs> well, now they just went to Tron's face instead. Um, but having the division colors from Next Generation come back, um, making them colorful and bright, and that helped a lot. I still don't really like the cut of the jacket, but I'm happy to see more color show up in the show. Mm-hmm. And then Star-, Star Trek Lower Decks Season 2. Ben, you've seen this whole season, uh, yep. first season, second season. Uh, looks really cool. I'm really excited. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm bummed. Do we want to spoil the end of Season 1 or no? No, don't spoil no, the end no. of Season 1. Okay. <laughs> Not just for us, but for the audience members. Because there's a part of the trailer where I'm like, um, it doesn't know. I guess I I know that I know what you know you're what, talking about. Yeah, um, you know what you know what I'm talking about. So very I, funny. I, I like this trailer a lot. I actually laughed out loud. So like, there's a chance that I will watch this show before any of the other ones because it just looks like a fun comedy. Yeah, that's, you should. I think you'd like that's it. Why, that's why I watched. I was because when I first saw Lower Decks, I was like, I oh, mean, this looks great. And then my roommate got Paramount Plus for a while, so I finally binged it all. I was like, this is actually really freaking good. I really like yeah. the show. So this is tangentially related to Star Trek, but I just remembered this anecdote, so I'm going to say it anyway because I'm on this podcast. I listened to I listened to an interview with Robert Kirkman, and he was talking about how when he when he um he was talking to Michael Michael Dorn who played um uh in Star War. Trek. Worf, yes, thank you. And he got casted, and he's playing Battle Beast in Invincible. So he's like, hey, Robert, uh, can you tell me about my character, Battle Beast? And he's like, sure, Michael. He's a man of honor, and he loves fighting. And he's like, do, do you just want me to do my Worf voice? And Robert's like, yes. <laughs> and I just think that's fantastic, because <laughs> he's playing He's just playing the same character. I think it's great. Star Trek's cool. Uh, yeah. Excited for Lower Deck Season 2. All right. Yeah, me too. Z-Way? Z-Way? Yeah. Z-Way. Z-Way? This is uh you put this one on here, Sparks. Did you want to talk about it? Yeah, uh, I just I just want everyone to be aware of it coming because I think it's a unique take on uh, this is this is a what it feels like a female black uh, version of a Showtime show that Sasha Baron Cohen 
would do. Oh yeah, um, okay, yeah. This is very much like a, you know trying to challenge ideas, and uh, it's it's kind of like a welcome forum because it's a lot of comedians and also political advisors and and uh, not political advisors, political commentators yeah. uh, coming on the show and kind of being challenged in their ideas. But it's in like a, a funny way, uh, a fun setting, but like also like we're gonna talk some real shit here, and uh, I'm I'm very happy to see someone who is both entertaining and politically active be able to do something like this. So I just want everyone to be aware. Because I, uh, I, I think this is going be, to be a show worth your time to watch if you have the opportunity to do so. I was I was super into this. Like, I, I am... I'm, when it's done right, I really like, like, dark comedy, like, provocative comedy, not racist comedy. Yeah, There's yeah. a difference. You can be funny and dark and not have to be mean to people. There's a difference, right? Uh, and I really like how she's just challenging, like, oh, so, like, why'd you say that? Because it sounded really racist. And the guy's like, uh, I don't know. And, like, challenging people, like, just seems really fun and, like, Putting them like on the spot is like always kind of like a fun like oh gotcha. Have, have you ever said the n word with an a or an er? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just looks really like yeah. It looks like really unique and like not something I've ever seen before. Um, and it's, again, like it's a co- comedic approach to it. Um, and like and like good on the people who go on the show, like with her to be challenged yeah. and open and you know able to learn. Yeah. Um, I just think that's a, it's a nice thing. I, I'm glad that it exists. I would definitely. Check out that first episode. See how it is. Uh, mainstream. Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, Mia. Maya, Maya, Hawk. Maya, Maya Hawk. Uh, yeah. This looks great. Yeah. Um, I was telling him as we were watching a trailer, Andrew Garfield um, has done like nothing but like really like odd, weird movies the last couple of years. And I'm like super into it. Like he's done Under the Silver Lake and he's done so many other like weird things where he just shows up. And I'm like, he's doing this where he's like a weird like instagram like mm. like trying to be he's a like superstar a logan, he's a logan paul stand. he's a lo- and logan paul's in this movie which and is logan really paul's weird in this movie which is weird but yeah. it's all about like gaining fame and like in like hollywood and like social media and like, it is it, i was really surprised mm. to see the youtube characters people, like actual people YouTubers, in there yeah. the actual people who this movie is basically making fun of not making fun of but like doing commentary commentary like saying go, yeah. like uh hey maybe the the social space and the uh uh pop culture cachet that you are allowed maybe is a little not great mm-hmm. and that's kind of what this movie's about and i'm i am impressed that there are youtube stars who are actually what this would apply to present on it yeah um but it, because like andrew garfield is pretty much one for one a logan paul stand-in yeah. uh like a weird dude like willing to do anything for like fame to get other people famous and it's like the depths that you'll go and like in hollywood and like gross instagram shit like yeah yeah, yeah and uh it's a it's a really interesting <laughs> oh it's our cat it's fine. Oh, where'd you guys go? It's fine. The cat knocked over the camera. <laughs> wow. I just yeah, looked up. Fine. There was a black screen. Yeah, it happens sometimes. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a really interesting concept and take on it where that power is going to go completely to his head and he's going to use it to become this no one special character that he believes is, is really sending important messages like, out to like the world. Almost like cult-like. V- very much, very much like prophet-like. Uh, he even calls it that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just looks wild as hell and I'm really into it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think this is very much a movie that I want to see right now, uh, kind of attacking the way that like we praise social media stars. Uh, mm-hmm. and I think this looks like it's going to handle it super well. Guys, feel free to praise us though. We're the good ones. So obviously we know about Francis Ford Coppola and we know about yeah. Sophia Coppola. This is, this is her daughter. So now the granddaughter of Francis Ford Coppola mm-hmm. is making movies. That's how long the Coppolas have been in filmmaking. Hot yep. dog. That's crazy. Um, we forgot about Nicolas Cage. Well, 
but she's not a traditional Coppola. Nikolai Coppola? Nikolai? Yeah, it's Nikolai Coppola. Hell yeah. Well, listen, uh, uh, he's like, I don't know. He's got 10 movies I haven't watched. <laughs> right, I gotta those, watch that Willie, that Willie one. Those Who Wish Me Dead. Oh, this is the Wildfire Angelina Crime. Jolie, movie. yeah. This looks really cool. Yes. yes. Super interesting concept. Um, some dudes are after this one guy, uh, and then like the his kid. The, and then like the yeah. kid, and then Angelina Jolie helps his kid. Also, a wildfire is happening yeah. at the same time. Um, yeah, cool, cool idea. Uh, I'm really happy to see Angelina Jolie do a movie like this, especially one where like the concept is based in her character having to do like really hard stuff, but she's not an inherent like physical like fighter badass yeah like she's a badass in the sense that she deals with wildfires on a regular basis but she's not like equipped for dealing with hitmen on the regular kind of yeah. person and I'm, I'm happy to see her do something like that uh as we were watching this trailer i was telling him like oh man in my head canon this is the old man laura croft sequel where she retired and has become like a fire watcher and now she's like oh shit i'm back in it <laughs> she has at one point that type of like axe thing yeah, that yeah. the new laura croft has and i'm like yeah. oh I'd watch that. Yeah. Old woman Laura Croft. Yeah, why not? The woman and the man. It's really no. I'm not gonna do it. Okay. Um. The woman in the window. Okay. Up front, uh, Ryan and I have to tell you that we didn't watch the trailer that came out this week. We watched the original trailer by that accident. came out a year ago uh, oh. for this movie by accident, and it was a good trailer. And we decided that we didn't want to know any more about the movie, so we didn't watch the trailer. That it's came the same out this movie. Week. She's got agoraphobia. It's the same movie though, and she sees something bad happen, and we're we're super into it. Uh, it's yeah. great. Megan uh, read the book and said it's really good. Yeah, uh, Amy Adams, uh, Gary Oldman, Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this lady who never leaves Anthony her house. Anthony Mackie, apparently, somewhere. What? Yeah, he was oh, yeah. listening. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. He's in a show for five seconds. Yeah, this lady, she lives in her house and she never leaves. Um, might have seen a murder, and then, like, it's, like, crazy conspiracy stuff. Did she really get murdered? Who knows? Very rear window. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, that's what Megan said. It's very rear window, but, like, there's a lot of good twists and yeah. stuff. She apparently really, really liked that book. So. I think you guys mean Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf. That's the true inspiration. Man, I, I was gonna... I was gonna, but I decided not to. You're better for it. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about the Christopher Reeve film. Oh, right. Rear yeah. window. Rear anyway. window. Ben, any, uh, anything to add in these trailers here? No, to be perfectly honest with you guys, I was busy doing other stuff. I didn't watch half of them. All right. There we go. At least you're honest. Right. Batman, The Long Halloween Part 1. Well, also you, came with... Bet you watch this one, Ben. <laughs> Actually, I did. Also yeah, that came that. with this was the news that Batman The Long Halloween Part 2 will be rated R, whereas this one is PG-13. We've all recently read that book. Is it rated R? Yeah, I no would more say than... recently, it's been a few years since we oh, last read it. My point is, like, the first movie's PG-13 and the second one's R. I don't remember anything in that story that's explicitly crazy. I would, yeah. I would say it could be rated R because especially the very the second half of the book starts to get pretty bloody. Although there's like a massacre, like the Thanksgiving ma massacre of all those Irish guys, and, and that's in the second chapter. So there could be that. I don't know. I don't I'm just kind of curious that like they're both not the same. So I, I, I was going to say like the only thing I could think of is that it would be like a lot of blood. And, you know, that might be on animation standards too much, but it you can also find ways around that. It's a little They do weird. all the time. It's a little weird. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so this, so this, real quickly, I just want to mention it is the same animation style as uh superman man tomorrow and just a society <clears throat> i'm very excited for that because i really like the animation style and i think uh the hell's his name jensen eccles is doing a pretty good batman um oh, I however it was him yeah however 
this trailer dropped the same day that the uh, Ray Fisher article dropped for Hollywood Reporter. Um, going back to the idea that Ray Fisher talks about how they try to kind of pad the news to bury him in the news cycle. Mm. Um, this was not the movie to do it with um, because one of the reasons was it wasn't done. The <laughs> audio syncing was off. That's funny. People were talking without sound coming out of their mouths. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fantastic. That's um, this trailer animated trailers to be honest yeah this trailer was meant to come out in a couple of months when justice society is released makes sense um but they decided to drop it early. man uh i haven't seen those other movies but like um i don't know what it is about this movie but like i maybe it's like the dark batman of it but i think the animation's really good and i just haven't and not that i dislike the other ones but like there's just something about it that clicked for me this time yeah. uh just seeing the other trailers and i'm like oh man this really does pop i really like i'm gonna probably give those other things a chance no i I mean, I like the animation style. I haven't seen Mad Tomorrow. I've only seen the trailers, but I do want to watch it. It's up on HBO Max right now. Sure, sure. Watching, this, watching this trailer is like, I kind of dig the animation style. I don't know why. It's, I like it because it's it's crisp and clean, but it's not like too crisp and clean. Because you look at that, um, you remember the art from that book. That is very heavy, dark colors, very dark palette, a lot of black and whites, a lot of just too... Like there's a, there's a, that one scene when Gilla goes down the steps and it's just black and white. Mm-hmm. essentially it's just harvey on yeah they're the going for board. more they're going for a different animation style and to keep it within the same universe i think this is what we suggested what we had uh thought that superman man of tomorrow is the first of a brand new dc animated universe yeah mm-hmm. um i'm just glad that they're doing it in two parts because like that is a, a, a big story and there's a lot of moving parts to it and, it like especially when evolving dates like you can't cut some of those dates out right it's yeah a, it's, it's a 12 weird. go ahead I was gonna say it's a twelve issue maxi series, so yeah, you have to do it in two parts. Otherwise, it's like if you do if you just squish it down, it's like. But what what happened to cool shit on on that day? Sparks. Uh, it's a little weird. I I always pictured when they announced that they were doing it animated that the Batman Long Halloween animated film would kind of stand on its own. Yeah. While I like this animation style, I kind of always pictured something that was more just trying to do its own thing. Yeah, do its own thing and be like that comic. Not that I'm against this animation style. It is just a little weird. I didn't think that it was something they were going to tie into a new animated universe. Yeah. <clears throat> That's <right>. yeah. <clears throat> Jupiter's legacy. First trailer yep. for the first season. Boy, howdy. This looks just visually exactly like that comic. It's, it's truly like impressive how this is one of the most faithful adaptations I've ever seen in terms of just visually, like the costumes that look like they are just half of this trailer are straight up panels from the comics. It's really cool. Um, I think this is a good trailer. I don't think it's great. Yeah. I'm interested, but it, it, I haven't read those comics. So I'm not, I'm not grabbed at the moment. I don't think it has a, I don't think it, it has like a hook. It's just like, here's the trailer. There's not something to like get you in. Yeah. yeah. The trailer is really hard to follow. Honestly. Uh, there's a lot coming at you, a lot of voiceover coming at you, and you don't, you're not. I didn't get a sense of what like the story was about. I get, the, exactly. I get the background things, but I don't understand like what the season is meant to be about. It's so this this comic book is basically Kingdom Come. It's about yeah. the older generation of nicer hero, heroes dealing with the old, the newer generation of more aggressive heroes. It's 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 like literally like like all of those old people are are Superman and yeah, all these I've, new. I've people. I've read I've actually read half the first volume. Oh, there you I, go, yeah. I never, um, I never finished it. Yeah, um, you're fine. Um, it gets, it gets very, very violent, and I'm, I'm surprised they didn't. They kind of showed some of the more traditional superhero stuff. Uh, it, it's not really traditional, which I'm, I'm shocked by the trailer. They decided to go that way. I Maybe was, I was gonna say like the vibe just feels like, even to me, kind of like 
what do you picture for generic superhero thing? Yeah. Generic superhero thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I'm and not like, gonna, yeah. it's not, and it just, nothing like stood out to me specifically. I'm interested, but I like nothing, nothing felt like Grab special. You. No, this, this was a, this was a bad trailer. They really, the thing about mm. the comic that I remember liking is like all the character stuff evolving, like the, like the dad and the son, how they, they fundamentally disagree on how to be superheroes and like all that stuff is why you go to that comic it's just just a nice conversation that they have um also really great art by Finn quietly um so like this is a generic as hell trailer for something that's not really generic even if you don't like the comic it's not traditional so um i think this is just a bad representation of what that comic is uh yeah it's fine what i, what I see is a, a another installment of our famous uh first episode first volume episodes heck yeah i'm down to do that i think that's after mortal kombat um cruella i didn't watch it because i've seen seven other trailers that's fine um i watched it i did too uh it's it's good uh i definitely don't think they needed it to put it out i was pretty sold with the other two what's the disney plus trailer isn't it it's the one where it's like that we got to remind people it's coming to disney plus too i guess i was just well sated and i didn't need them to do it i would rather that they just release tv spots or something um i thought this was good i just didn't need it uh it it shows a lot more of emma thompson's character Mm -hmm. um and i'm excited for her character uh that that (laughs) i'm pumped for the relationship and dynamic she's gonna have with cruella uh but i definitely like if you haven't watched the trailer you don't need to like if you're sold already don't don't watch this like just just taking the film taking it i'm really excited though um, I am too. Is, I'm, I'm I'm still convinced that this movie is going to be pretty great. Is that is Cruella a a Disney premium thing? No, no. Yeah, it's going to be thirty dollars. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, it is. It's thirty bucks, but you right. can also see it in theaters. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. It's not a free yeah. one. Like we'll probably see it in theaters. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, honestly, it'll be cheaper. Yeah. Um, Loki had a second trailer. Ben, hurry up, get back. This one's good. Yes, yeah, this, <laughs> this is a great trailer. Um, yo, I'm really excited for the Loki show. Yo, check out that scroll in some in a jumpsuit in a jumpsuit. Uh, uh, when Loki gets first brought in, there's a scroll wearing a tracksuit. Uh, <laughs> hilarious. Um, I don't know if that's a weird Hawkeye reference. Uh, the Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. I doubt it, but no other. There's a big thing with tracksuits in that comic, so I'm like, I wonder there, if that's that. There's so much in this trailer that I really loved. I love the scope and the scale of it. Uh, of seeing all these big locations, these just we're not dealing with boardrooms. We're going all over. Like they really, it really looks like they went for it. And the continuity confirmation that Loki is a variant. He is not. That's the original. Awesome. That is so yeah. cool. Uh, the the uh, destroyed New York yeah. has me intrigued as hell. Seeing the dist- dilapidated Avengers building in the background. Um, do you want to talk about that? We now know who the lady is oh yeah okay so i forget her name but the lady um the lady who's like sitting at the table uh like the main lady um i forget her character's name but that's the lady who's married the king the conqueror in the comics and if you guys the king the conqueror is he's a dude who deals with time and time's a big part of this show too so i'm not saying knowing, it's time well and knowing that king is coming in the ant-man film it's like i can't believe i didn't think about the fact that this time thing might build to king yeah or be connected in some way and even yeah. even some way just because like king's whole thing is just like he's all about messing with time and making it all about him and i'm just like if his lady's involved like it could be a small cameo it could be nothing you know we're fun speculating but like you don't put the lady he's very too in the thing. It just seems like it just seems like a no-brainer. Um, Counterpoint: the woman that Man Thing is in a relationship with is an Iron Man three. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, that's a, that's a fair point, but like it, we didn't 
Man Thing isn't appearing in anything else, we know Kang is coming. It's just, I, I, I agree. I was just throwing oh, out didn't a. She, didn't she comment. die in Iron Man Three? Yes, she is not going to show yeah. up in a proposed Man Thing film. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just, I, I think that she's, she's a main character, and I think that's super interesting, and it, it does make sense that. Kang is kind of a wild character to for non-comic audiences, um, and to have him introduce an Ant-Man, it does kind of make sense that some of the groundwork for him might be laid by the show. Not necessarily that we're going to see him, yeah, yeah. but that like things that are based in the show are going to tie into Kang's appearance. Uh, there's we see a shot of a TV that has like t- the timeline and then branching timelines, and you can see that timelines are about to connect and like branch into each other. And if that happens then the universe will explode. So I think the course of this show is straight up just Loki going to different branching timelines to fix shit. So we're going to go well, to the Avengers time. We're going to go to the New York timeline where they lost. or We're going to go to this thing where this happened and stuff. Yeah. It looks like, um, it looks like the, uh, we're dealing with um, Loki needing to clip the, clip the, uh, the alternating branches. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be super interesting to follow a Loki who has none of the character development past the Avengers film. Yeah, yeah. he's still he's still yeah. twenty twelve. That, that'll be fun. Um, man, yeah, I, yeah. I just Owen I, Wilson I, loving it. I honestly have to wrap my head around it sometimes because I'm watching him in this and I'm like, I feel like he's done so much more growth because I'm just I have Loki in my head as Loki guy. has been, and I'm like, no, mm-hmm. he hasn't. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. hasn't grown because when you think. Because when you think about Loki, you think about, oh, this is like the Loki from Thor, uh, Ragnarok. He's like, he's grown so much and all this other stuff is like, oh, wait, no, this is this is, this is the one from Avengers where he was a total dick. Yeah. Yes. I, I, yeah, I really like the 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 idea that like they pick some, they pluck someone who wasn't supposed to be in the timeline out of the timeline and is now like re- making him like fix other timeline mistakes. Um, I think the movie, I think the show looks excellent. I'm very excited. Yeah. I, I love the part where it's sign this is to confirm this is everything you've ever said. That's absurd. Sign this too. Um, there's there's a great. Uh, uh, it looks like it's probably going to be like a little thing, but like there's there's a comic called Vote Loki um, that was that came yes. out during yes. during Trump's election, and it's very much a what if Loki ran for president. Um, it looks like he's going to go to another world and like try to like become their leader, and then like oops, I maybe shouldn't have done that. Oopsies. Uh, <laughs> Like literally straight from the comic, like the vote Loki button button and everything. Uh, yeah, I agree. Looks. I looks love fun. watching him and Owen Wilson banter, so I think they're gonna be good. Oh yeah, I think that's gonna be. Oh, so glad. I'm not, I'm, I can't trust you. It's like, why you've tried to kill so many people? Well, I'm not. I wouldn't do that again. Yeah, it, uh, it feels completely of a distinct flavor away from the other two shows we've already had, yeah. which is awesome. Morbius, Morbius, Morbius. All right. Your name. Topic. Yes. That's it. Yep. As we are talking about the first two Mortal Kombat movies, Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, oh, I guess full spoilers. I don't know if I should do that. But hey, Mortal Kombat, guys. Uh, so what did you think about revisiting these these two movies? Uh, it wasn't a revisitation for me. It was a first-time viewing. Oh, You're right. That's right, because you watched both of them for the first time. Um, you talked a bit about your relationship with Mortal Kombat uh, last week. What was that again? You were kind of lukewarm on it? Yeah, uh, it's not the like lukewarm. It's just um, I I think that movie is all right, and it's yeah. mostly good for how stupid it is, uh, and and that's the reality of it. And I don't have nostalgic attachments to it, so it's just it's just kind of okay. And I think like there's an amount where this is going to come up in next week too, where it's just I've lived my life being told that all video game adaptations are being measured against Mortal Kombat, <laughs> and I get to Mortal Kombat, and I'm like. 
I don't know about that, guys. Uh, uh, I did the the downright annoyed, bored annoyed thing about Mortal Kombat this week, and uh, Michael also hadn't seen it, so he very much felt the same way. Um, that was like, I spent my entire life hearing that this is the best thing, and then what I got was like garbage. <laughs> and like he he he's way he's way less on it than you. He yeah, he did I, not like. I, it I won't call it garbage because yeah. like I can I can appreciate the quality level of it for its time, mm -hmm. but I also recognize where it's still not good for its time too. Oh yeah. Uh, and there's both of those things in it, and I'm like, eh, that's all right, oh, all right, we're gonna get into it. Yeah. But that's yeah, my yeah. that's my experience with it. Well, well, let, well, let's just get into it. I, I think well, I I really like. Excuse. I was gonna say something because it's been a long time since I last seen these movies. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't yeah. say anything. I'm sorry. I was waiting for Sparks to finish. Well, now he's done, Ben, so oh, go. Yeah. Well, all right. Are you okay? It's okay. Yeah, so, hi, everyone. It's Dodgers Bitch here. Uh, it has been it's been a few years since I last seen... Last time I saw Mortal Kombat in, like, in its entirety was, I think, when I was with Brandon, and we watched it at a, one of his friend's dorm room at CSUN one day. Wow. I don't know if you remember that. I don't know if you remember that, but yeah, we just we just went to say hi to him, and they were watching Mortal Kombat, so we just stuck around and watched the movie. Um, I still love this movie, but I can definitely see the cracks, and it has definitely aged. Whereas for Annihilation, I've only seen that movie once, and not in its entirety, because God, that movie is god awful. Um, the I, I said it on on Instagram. I said. This movie, the first one, this movie ages like bad milk, but it's a lot of fun. Hey, milk uh, turns into yogurt, and I like yogurt. And, and I, think yogurt that, geez. I, I think that's the movie. Right? That's how it works, right? With work and love. Cool. Look, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's cheesy as hell, but I actually really find myself liking at least some of the characters in it. Um, I do like uh, Johnny Cage and Liu Kang, and even Raiden. I really like Christopher Lambert as Raiden. Yeah. I, I know you don't. You said it last week, but I, I do. I love it. It's I have to be like it. I enjoy him, but I enjoy him because he's absolutely stupid. Um, <laughs> and that's the only way I can enjoy him. I cannot take him seriously. I can't even recognize him as Raiden. Honest to God, like as the, as that character, I can't think of him on that level. He he's he's he doesn't feel like he. I don't even know. Has that I showed you a video game. We watched some cutscenes of a video. <laughs> he was clearly in it. <laughs> I understand the the logic of it, but I can't like he doesn't have the the weight. The gravitas? Yeah. And uh I can't take him sincerely whenever he appears on screen. Mm -hmm. So I have to just be like, this is the dumbest thing. And it's enjoyable, but mm -hmm. it's stupid. Yeah. Um and I didn't say it wasn't. I just enjoy I, it. I understand. I understand. Uh it's it's just like, oh boy. Um I oh Woof. Uh, Raiden for me, Christopher Lambert's Raiden. Uh, I think I think a lot of my problem is that like he's he's barely a character when you think about it in the film. He's only there to give like the vaguest amount of detail on what's happening to them, or to bail them out of an impossible scenario. And that's that's he's just he's literally plot device Deus Ex Machina, and that's all he does. He's Mister Exposition. And uh, and but but it's not even good exposition. It's it's trite barely their exposition mm -hmm. so i'm like Oof, this is listen Ooh. he has to teach Liu kang some lessons everything that he knows and and then Liu kang <laughs> has nothing left yeah. to learn from him i really i really i was watching it again with that in mind and i and it was just like uh wait she has to she has to accept the challenge and he goes yeah i have nothing left to teach you i'm like wait 
did Luke Kane just read the rule book? And Raiden was like, cool. Ten minutes later, Katana yeah. shows up like, you are still learning Luke Kang. It's like, but Raiden, what the fuck? Katana, no, Raiden just told me I graduated. <laughs> Sorry, no. Uh, so this is one of those movies where, and I said it's, again, on the down the board and the way down right thing. Um, any, any, uh, argue, not argument, any, like, yeah, like, arguments against this movie, I cannot defend. This is not a defendable movie. No. It's one of those movies where do you enjoy the nonsense or do you not? Like, this is one of those things where it's purely up, like, on a you thing. It's not a, like, objective thing, right? Uh, I, I, Paul W.S. Anderson makes the same kind of movies, almost all of his movies. And, and they follow structures and they follow character tropes. This movie, uh, if you watch Resident Evil, it is so much like that movie. Uh, it's funny. It's maybe more story stuff as we talked about, but like mm-hmm. all his movies are very similar uh, and like, it's fine to me. It's, it's, it's simple. I think it's a lot of fun. And one of the things I do appreciate is its simplicity. Yeah. Um, there, there, even though I don't understand the rules of this version of Mortal Kombat very well. Um, like I told, I said, I, I, I tweeted about this too, where it's just like Liu Kang fights a dude and then Sony blade fights Kano with a knife. He doesn't even have his eye laser. Nope. And then Johnny Cage has to fight Scorpion in pirate hell. And it's like, wait, how was that escalation fair? Well, it's it's not it's not really because it's not like it's not like the every fighter you get it's like a bigger boss. It's like these are all people like these are all people like they're all supposed to be on the same level. So Scorpion might be an undead dude, but he also could have fought that random dude or fought Kano. So it's like uh, the, the escalation. I. Well, I don't see that part even even with that i just figured that because when they say oh hey this is a moral combat this is a tournament of course when i was a kid and i was watching this movie i was still used to like tournament arcs where you have like a bracket and you have to like you have to go through the steps whereas this one i was like oh it's a free-for-all like giant but cages power through a force and then there's scorpion or when luke king not. fights the zero but it's not still, that's, yeah. that's the thing. it's not that's why it is confusing because it is a bracket tournament but also between fights, you can challenge people on your own. But also there's like the formal fighting and then there's just Johnny Cage decided to walk through the woods and got challenged. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and oh, again, yeah. maybe if had to say something, maybe he should have said, I challenge you! And then somersault. Well, because everything even when some... in front of Shang Tsung yeah, yeah. because his whole thing is, I take the soul of the loser. Mm-hmm. It's true. But for some reason... Scorpion attacks yeah. Johnny in the woods, but I mean, and we, loses. We played the and game. Shang just like oblivious to it. Yeah. We did play the games, and they are fighting randomly throughout all of the all of the different places. So maybe there's a rule set that they just didn't tell us. I guess also, I guess it's not important, really. It's, it's just it's just context of the film is is Lost. In itself like just like yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. just like oh, I guess we're just here now. This is the thing that's happening, and I really want to be. I want to make this really clear, like up front. I think this movie is fun. I have a good time watching it. Yeah. I own it on Blu-ray now, for Christ's sake. I obviously <laughs> had a good time with it. Uh, okay. I I just I also need to like share the things that I think are stupid about it. And I definitely just like the 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 chief thing is that I just don't think the hype behind it uh, is as strong. And we'll get into this more next week because I think it has more to do with like what people have labeled of the video game movie curse and when we broke it. Uh, I I you know. I think that maybe we've put Mortal Kombat on a pedestal maybe it didn't deserve. Uh-huh. Uh, um, but the only real, real sincere problem I have with this movie, the only one is actually the fact that Shang Tsung lusts after Sonya Blade for no, for no apparent reason. No reason. That echoes really gross Flash Gordon-esque uh, racist types. Yep. Uh, and that's the only part 
that I really don't like about this movie. Uh, I hate it. I hate every moment that Shang Tsung is creepy gross towards Sonya Blade. I'm like, this is this is some outdated gross shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has no clear purpose. It's never explained. Um, it's never explained why he's fascinated with her, why he takes her, why he chains her up and puts uh, tease through her hair. Man, into that, he teases it uh, up, yeah. Uh, stripped down like Tarzan, uh, outfit. Tarzan outfit. It's all just like it's, us. It's real, it's so, real gross and pretty racist. It's uh, gross and it comes out of nowhere. And also, like throughout this movie, we've seen that Sonya Blade is like one of Earth's heroes. And like to do this to her is like, oh, she's just now the defenseless girl. Like you're taking away all of her agency. And, like she was a hero, and now she's just like she's just tied up for no reason. For sure. Like, and, like it's, it's and, out of like, nowhere. It's other, and I, the time period is a is a factor for sure. But like it's just every scene that Shang Tsung is in that Sonya's also in he has to be like creepily after her like she's my end goal and it's there's no reason ever it's never given and that's the only real problem I have with the movie yeah that's my only true like that I hate and beyond that it's all just like eh, this is dumb fun what I was trying to say before is that one of the things I really like about the movie is it's is its simplicity and in this case I will compare it to the second film um because in this film, there's not there's only a handful of fighters, and to shorten the time and just kind of get to the fight sequences, we don't really get to know a lot of them, such as Sub Zero and Scorpion. Um, but oh, they're, it's not really, even, they're not even characters, man. They're but it's nothing. a really small cast of characters, which helps the movie kind of be streamlined. And I think the sets are actually interesting. Um, yeah. The Goro uh, creature alone being a complete animatronic is awesome. I love that, but man, does his torso weird me out. Yeah, it is. It's really yeah. weird. You guys should watch the, the, the extra tall torso. I'm like, why is this so weird? Uh, so the guy's head is like right here. Yeah. Uh, I watched the behind the scenes of it. It's hilarious. Um, there's like so many puppets, puppetry working. That dude was doing a lot of this. Oh, oh, <laughs> whole lot of that. Uh, too top heavy. Uh, I prefer that they did this instead of a really bad CG model. 100%. Because of course, oh, yeah. Red Devil is the... It looked bad then because Jurassic Park came out a couple years before this and it looked yeah. bad then. It looks yeah, yeah. worse now. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, Reptile looks like utter garbage. So I'm glad that Goro is an animatronic. It does look good. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I do like the Goro animatronic. It does look awesome. I'm just curious because while I was watching this movie, I was like, man, he every time, because like with this fight with Johnny Cage, Goro is constantly like raising his arms going, yes, on the back. You know, he just got punched in the nuts. Yeah, he's a he's an ego. He's an ego. Well, no, guy. he like he he, he has does to that collect himself, and then he, and then he pumps up. That's yeah. that's the whole that's the thing he does. He pumps himself up. He's his own hype, and then the crowd is his hype. Ben, we played the games. Do you not remember that the bosses do that so they give you time to hit them? All the oh. bosses always do that because they're too hard. Yep, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I I I do really enjoy this movie. I think the as I said, I think Liu Kang is uh, good in this. There's a lot of fun Liu Kang moments, like when he's when he hit with the, in the interactions with Johnny's like just another star Trek fan, huh? If I just him in the shoulder. I love his I, hair. I, I love his him. hair so I, much. I, okay, it's really dumb, but goddamn, his hair is freaking gorgeous. It's it's magical. Like, it's like, damn, I want hair like that. What were you about yeah, to say, Ryan? Yeah. Um, I was going to say, oh, uh, this time watching it, um, I, I really like Johnny Cage and I don't think he's really doing anything special. I just like, I buy that a guy's like, I'm an actor who no who nobody takes me seriously, but I am actually like a really good martial artist. And I think that dude, Lin- Lyndon Ashby, I think that's the same. Yeah. He does a lot of his own stunts. A, a lot of the actors do their own stunts in this movie. And I think he has probably the best fight scene. Like the him and Scorpion fight is probably the best fight in the movie for me. Uh-huh. Uh, it has the most like visceral connections and like the best shot. And again, in the weird pirate haunted zone 
Uh, that's a cool set piece. There's a lot of there's a lot of good, yeah. good fight there. Um, um, I will agree with Mag. Mag in the comments says the best fight is reptile. I think that's the best fight sequence for me. Oh, I think that's the a really second, cool one. Second one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, when when reptile is in the creature and they do the reptile. fight. That's the weirdest yeah. thing. I don't get it. Yeah. I'll throw a reptile at this abandoned statue, but he's gonna get pulled in and turned into a human-like thing, and I'll fight that. That just means there was like the soul of a ninja in that statue or something. No. <laughs> Lore, baby. Good lord. Lore, even baby. You, even one of you hear reptile. It's like, is that like oh, yeah. the voice you hear in the video game or something? Because yeah, yeah. that, that's um, what I thought. Because it's like, hey, here's that secret uh, character you work so hard to unlock. Yeah. I really like Shang Tsung, uh, the actor who plays Shang Tsung. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like him too, aside from what I said already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's so good that he came back twice. He came back for like the, the web series stuff, and he came back for MK11 uh, as Shang Tsung. So mm. like... He's he's good. He keeps coming back. He's he's got that good hammy villain energy, and it works. Mm -hmm. he, he enunciates every word, and I and, and I love it. Yeah, your soul is mine. Or uh, hey guys, um, just remember, think of the element of life. The element of life, water. Water. <laughs> <laughs> that was so dialogue. I just oh, I, I really don't like katana. What a waste. <laughs> I have never liked Katana upon all the rewatches. I I don't mind Sonya. I like Johnny Cage. I like Liu Kang. I like Raiden. I have never liked Katana. I don't think Sonya's particularly it, good, but like she's Katana... A nothing, she's a nothing character. Katana is like... She becomes like one of the main characters in the next movie, but maybe that was a mistake because she's not good. <laughs> and maybe that's why she's not the lead in this one. Man, the next movie. Uh, yeah, Katana's, Katana's just a nothing character. And it's it's so vague and unclear what her dynamic is supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, oh, she's the key. Oh, good. She's a key. Uh, yeah, because she she just knows things. I guess. <gasps> Hello. Yeah, yeah. I get screamed. I like it. Um, the, the, such a weird like uh, added plot point of Liu Kang needing a brother uh, to get him into the to the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but let's let's all just you know raise our our proverbial glasses for Art Lean, who's the most barely a character of this movie. Art Lean is the black guy eviscerated by Goro. Mm -hmm. um, to uh, poor, poor, completely uh, irrelevant, but somehow we're supposed to care about him. Art Lean. What do you mean? Man. He had he had a two sentence conversation with Johnny Cage. You're right. When Sonya just screams that he's dead, I'm like, did you guys know each other? Like, like, where like there must have been a deleted scene spending some time with Art Lean because it, it's so it's so much later in the movie like I have to remember who he is. Yeah, they did want to make this movie rated R, and then the studio was like, "We're not making this movie unless it's PG 13 So like, there is some behind the scenes stuff. Of course, that happens. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking back at my notes. That opening scene where we first meet Sonya and Jax is so like if you told me that was from Resident Evil, I'd agree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's yeah. shot. Exactly like he shoots Resident Evil. I'm like, oh, I this is, yeah, this yeah, is a Resident yeah. Evil scene, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's uh, so bad. And she she just moves through so many people. It's like too many people. It's too long. Uh, the the Spielberg stand-in on Johnny Johnny's movie was set it supposed yeah. to be Spielberg. Yes. Well, it's supposed to be Spielberg, but it just that that's that's quite corny. Yeah. Um, where uh, did you get these guys? Yeah. This is where you fall. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I think the action for the most part is like pr it's pretty good. Um, time sorry. to just throw aside all these tables and tables of food. Oh, what a waste of food! Oh, yeah, it's Shang Sun's Island. He's got plenty of food. It's to watch someone die. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Kano. I want to talk about Kano real quick. He's not in the movie very long, but in terms of being uh, an adaptation of a character, this is this Kano is so good. He is so sleazy and gross. And I've said it like ten times this week, but I'm gonna say it again. He has one of my favorite lines in the movie, and I cut him ear to ear, and I love it. He's so gross, and he gets his neck snapped by Sonya, and I love it. Uh, I'm so excited for this new Kano because uh, the guy playing him is like a really awesome comedian and he looks like really sinister. It's like a different type of role for this guy. Uh, and Kano actually has a laser eye in the new movie. So big mom. Mm-hmm. He was uh, in Superstore. He's really funny. Oh, that actor? He's, mm-hmm. oh, cool. Right on. Yeah. Cool, he cool. left Superstore to do Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh, that's sad, but cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I also think Kano's a lot of fun. My favorite is when Shang Tsung is like, finish him. He's like, no, Sonya. No, he's like, give me a break. Okay, crack. Yeah. Uh, Again, almost all of the deaths are are off screen because at the time, I mean, it's a little lesson, but at the time, if you see somebody die on screen, it's an automatic rated R. So every kill, even Shang Tsung's death, had to be edited in a way to make it PG 13 because the way that they had it originally still would have made that movie rated R. They had to cut away so many times. So the last thing you see is in like, you never see the impact. And I'm like, yeah. man, you, it's, it funny. it's a, so you like, he, you, he, you see the spikes go up, you see him get kicked off and you go, yeah. And then it's like, and then you see Luke Kang go and you hear the, and then you see him die. And then he like decomposes and all the souls escape his body. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it loses some of the impact of what Mortal Kombat should be for yeah. sure. Or, or you also um, like when you, when giant cage um, gets Goro off on ledge, like this is where you fall down and Goro falls to his death. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to reference back to what I was saying about Shang Tsung and Sonya, he has this whole bit before Kano goes to fight her that he says, I have plans for my beautiful Sonya, so you cannot harm her, only humiliate her. And I'm like, I don't know what these plans are. It's just so misguided and gross. And I just, it, at least give me a reason. And I, I uh, anyway. Um, no, I, it's gross. Yeah. I agree. Christopher Lambert is entertaining to watch as Raiden. I just, can't take him seriously when he's like, <laughs> sorry. I don't also when he's so. also when he's yeah when he says I don't think so he says that twice in the movie. Yeah, That's his catchphrase. He actually says it four times. Oh, he does. Yeah, I'm um, not sure if you know, but I'm not sure about it. So, uh. I would have picked Christopher Lambert over the next guy who played Raiden, and I think that's a good oh, transition right. into Mortal Kombat Annihilation. How dare you disparage Gamby? I'm sorry, he's terrible in that movie. He oh, I. I'd say he's doing as well as Christopher Lambert is doing. Yeah, I, 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 I just—I think you're just more entertained by Christopher Lambert. Well, because their like, performances are equal. That—that's the thing, same thing. Is like I find all of Mortal Kombat Annihilation to be boring as shit, um, and one of them is many of the performances. And so the thing is, at least with Lambert and the set design, whatever. At least with Lambert, I had fun with the role, but yeah. with him, I'm getting just nothing. So, boys, I want to share with you a very quick story about the time when I first watched Mortal Kombat Annihilation. My brother and I did not know this movie existed. We knew of the original Mortal Kombat. We watched it. It was on Stars. We absolutely loved it. And we were familiar with the video games. We see there's a sequel, and we get excited. We actually TiVo this thing. We come home from school. We watch it. The second we see Raiden, we're like, he sounds different. Why does he sound different? We make it. Now we're in like, I want to say like late elementaries or early middle school. So our um, standards for films are the bar is very, very low. We don't finish this movie. We bugger out 40 minutes in. We're like, mm-hmm. 
no, this movie sucks. It is bad. And we were kids. And looking at all the other kids' films that we, that we saw at the time, and we thought were awesome movies compared to that? God, this movie's bad. This is the first time I finally sat through the whole thing, and Jesus, tap dancing Christ, it is horrible. I think it's bad. I think there's some good stuff in it. I think people should open their eyes a little bit more. Uh, I, de I definitely want to clear away some nostalgia goggles for you and let you know that these movies are closer to quality level than you think. Um, <laughs> I found myself enjoying this one a lot more than I anticipated. Not to say that it's good. Nope. Everything involving the human interactions, I'm not a fan of. But I found some of the fights to be pretty cool. And as an actual super big fan of Mortal Kombat, um, if this is a video game movie, this is way more of a video game movie than the first one was. Uh, that's not that's for better or worse. <laughs> So I'm going to push back a little bit on what Spark said about the films being closer, closer to the thing. And like, I'll understand, I'll get that quality wise. Sure. Taking rid of even my nostalgia goggles. The thing is, I still think Mortal Kombat, the first one offers some, um, some cheesy fun, but it's also easier to digest for me because it's simple. Mortal Kombat Annihilation gets too complicated with how many characters it has. The set design is boring as shit. The CGI is awful and all the performances are, are wooden and boring. So there is nothing for me in Mortal Kombat Annihilation to latch on to. There's no enjoyment in this film. It is just a slog for me to get through. No, I get you. I hear you. I like this Sonya Blade better than the than the first one. I'll agree with that. Uh, I think Jax is a is a uh well he's a character in this one. He's a character, yeah. He's a poorly written character who I like the actor in the role, I'll mm -hmm. say. Uh, I like Raiden's involvement in the story better in Annihilation. Yeah, he actually what does. he actually doing, is involved in the story and does stuff. Uh, I I like better. That has nothing to do with performance or anything. Yeah. I just find it like he's actually more an engaged character than he is in the first one. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, sure. Like I said, my, my biggest issue is just I don't I don't find it entertaining. Um, there's I wouldn't I wouldn't begrieve you of that. I don't think Annihilation is particularly entertaining either. There, there's one issue that I have more than anything is the amount of characters in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, I think really hurts this movie. Um, if you wanted to just have the generals, uh, you don't need uh, Melina, right? That's the Katana clone. Melina mm -hmm. is only in there for one scene. Yeah, you don't need Melina. You don't. Apparently, you didn't need Shiva either. Um, the way that character is just. Oh yeah, that was, I was. Shiva goes out like I was like that. I was mad because Shiva. In the game, hard-ass fight. In the movie, she goes out like a punk. So I will, I will agree that there are way too many characters. I will, dis I will disagree where I don't think... I think the amount of fights in the movie are fine. It's a Mortal Kombat movie, so I'm cool with Melina being there. She's not, she's not a character that's important to the plot. There are a lot of other characters that are important to the plot that don't need to be there. Melina's not a character I'd cut because that's like a, that's a fight scene. Well, look, look ben, to, ben interrupted me before I could say the other characters that I think are... Are, are useless you don't need the robots you don't need uh, um, i think that's a cool fight that's a cool fight sure it's a cool fight but like the the reason why mortal kombat works for me i gotta at this point gotta always use for me um <laughs> is that uh yeah i get these characters i get these characters that we're seeing in the context of the story um even a sub-zero and scorpion don't really have characters but i get what their role in the story i don't get a lot of the side characters and the role of Mortal Kombat Annihilation. There's a one character specifically that I'm trying to remember. Not Jade, not although, not the Queen. Baraka? I don't remember. No, but Barack is kind of fine. I don't. I honestly forgot it happened when the swing when the scene was over. Boy, um, yeah, me too. I, I, <laughs> every time, 
I, I, I've gone through it. So I watched it once and then I passively had it on while I was working on schoolwork to just try and keep notes in my head. Mm-hmm. And when Baraka came back on screen, I'm like, oh yeah. And now when Ben said Baraka and I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he um, means nothing in this movie. Fun, Good Lord. Fun fact. They offer that role to Sylvester Stallone. He turned it down, believe it or not. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh no. Anyway. And then there's like the, the I don't understand like the subplot with Raiden and and and, Sha- and Shao Kahn being brothers. Which wasn't in, which wasn't in the games at the time. Yeah. Well, just this add add bad drama. It, it's just I don't there's so many choices in this movie that just like it, it, it's really hard for me to get into it, even as like an enjoyable schlocky film because yeah. of because of all these issues. I just can't get over the character one is a big deal for me because I just don't understand like Nightwolf doesn't need to be in the movie. Well, I mean, I disagree, and this is going to sound weird. Like, the whole plot of Liu Kang is he has to learn how to do all this animality stuff. So if all the characters would be cut, Nightwolf is kind of the one who has to stay there. If anything, he should have had more to do because he's the one who's training Liu Kang. Sure, but if you're going to... but I, So I don't understand, like, why he's there for that short amount of time if it's such an important part of the movie. Get rid of some of the excess characters and give Nightwolf more time. Oh, Sub-Zero. Yeah. Oh, my God. There it is. Sub-Zero. I've been waiting. I've been trying to figure it out. Sub-Zero's role in this movie is awful. I hate it so much. He disappears. <laughs> and he's not important to the plot at all except for a cool scorpion fight. He has a cool ice bridge. Even it's bullshit. School- Even the whole, like, 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 just like, oh, my God. I'm, I'm the, you killed my brother. That's nothing. That's nothing That's, in the movie. But that is true, but that is that is also literally what happens in in, in the game. I understand that. I've played, we've played we've played these things. I understand that. I get the lore. In this movie, it doesn't make sense why that character is even there if he doesn't impact the plot at all. Oh yeah, you're right. At all, it bugged me yeah. so much. The whole, at the end of the movie, I was like, wait, where was Sub Zero? I just, I just, I just like, I don't get like mad at this movie because like. It's so bad. Like I laugh at it. Like it's. I don't get mad at it. Like I. I. I enjoy it because it's so bad. Uh, but also, I'm a way different person than everyone else here. Uh, I figure like you. You probably a little bit closer to me because it was so bad. It's good, but probably not. Yeah. Um. There's there's some things that are like I can appreciate action. I think there's action beats in this that are better than action beats in the first one. Oh yeah. And that's that's one of the things that I kind of come away from because like I think at a certain point all it becomes to me is just like. The fight's good because it's kind of all I'm here for at this point because I don't give a shit about these characters. Yeah. Um, uh, mm. and so, you know, if the fights work, then great. And there was a few fights in Annihilation that work. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, overall, it's just like it's uh, I can't I can't care about anything from fight to fight. And some of the fights I can't even care about. Oh, yeah. So that's that's the real struggle with Annihilation for me. I agree with what Brandon's saying, though. Like, you know, Nightwolf needed to be more of a character, I think, um, yeah. especially to make that animality thing as good god dumb as it is by the time that it comes around at the end of the movie um uh work it it needed more development i think everything uh that like could be good about it needed more development like katana's relationship with her mom is yeah yeah. um so this movie came out like very quickly after the first one and they were like hey paul ws anderson that first movie you made was a huge hit we're fast tracking it immediately start writing it immediately and he's like no thanks i want to have time to work on it and the studio was like no we're making it now you're off the project so this movie was made in like less than a year and it very much shows it has double the budget and half the effects somehow i don't get it it looks so bad especially on those modern- shiva arms those shiva arms at times they look pretty okay 
At times they look okay for what they were trying to do. It's because they minimize how much they show removing them. 100%. Uh, but there were shots where I'm like, it doesn't look bad compared to everything else. Like like M M Mavado, the centaur. Yeah. All right. So there's a few things I'm, I want to go, I want to talk about. Thank you, Brandon, for mentioning Sub-Zero because that's one of the things I absolutely despise about this movie because he Hardly. just shows up and I'm like, oh, cool. Is Sub-Zero going to be in for the rest of the movie? He's going to be an integral plot? No, he's gone. Bye. Never see him again. And why was Scorpion even back? Because well, he needed someone to fly. Just, yeah. He was just yeah, there to freaking steal a katana. That's all he was there for. And also, I want to hold, hold up. Yeah, I hate that line. Hold up. No, pause. I'll both of you shut why, up. It's my turn. Why get over here fine, but not suckers? Tell me. No, get over here is fine. I hate the why? fact that he says suckers because why? I know. I just hate it. I just okay. I get it's a it's a '90s thing, and in the back of the '90s, that's one of the things you say when you're when you're back, and you're like, "Ha suckers!" It's just I'm like over oh, here is equally stupid, and I just think it's funny the lines that you draw sometimes. I I I love the suckers thing. I thought I it was hilarious as hell. Say I hated it. That's the only it. laugh this movie got from me was suckers. I don't know. It's it, true. It, it to to me, I'm like, uh, why? Ben, so, this isn't me disagreeing with your point, but I want to know why. Sub Zero not being a bigger part of this movie, but pretty much about the same amount in the first one bothers you more here, and even has more character here, even if it doesn't make sense. No, because all right, so like you see Sub Zero, and then he's like, yeah, you um, because like okay, in the first movie, Shang Sun says Sub Zero and Scorpion they're under my control, and Liu Kang killed Sub Zero because he was in Mortal Combat, but he was under Shang Sun's control. So it's like, look, I'm here, like you had to kill my brother, he was under his control, but I'm here to help you guys because shit's going down, and you need my help. So yeah. I'm like, so I like, cool. This could have been it, but he's only there for one scene. I get your focus on Liu Kang, Sonya, Raiden, and Jax. I get that, but I feel like you, if you had Sub Zero there, because eventually Sub Zero becomes a really integral part of the Mortal Kombat universe. He is just as popular as Scorpion is. He is the he was on the cover of Mortal Kombat 10, and yet he doesn't do squat. It's just that one pretty cool, uh, decent fight scene, and that's it. I'm not even gonna. They choosing characters to pick in this movie, like getting mad at that, like the one of the Mortal Kombat guys isn't the main guy in this other thing. I think that's an odd choice. I, don't, I, just, I just saw potential for Scorp for Scorpion for Sub Zero to do more, and then they yeah. waste. That's, that's one that mostly I'm mad at is that they they say, "Hey, he, you, the Sub Zero you killed was my brother. I'm the new Sub Zero." I'm like, "Okay, there's potential here," and they waste it. Yeah, they do waste it, right? I, I that's that was my problem that I don't yeah. understand. Like, why, why have him be a, a more uh, be a character like he is in the first film? Uh, why have him pop up? Uh, why have him pop up at all if you're going to do nothing with him? And I feel like that that character should have been a larger role in the movie. Talk about like just like Nightwolf we talked about yeah. should have been a larger role in the movie. This very much uh like the first Mortal Kombat movie, you know, every, every movie in Hollywood I guess a paycheck movie, but like the first movie was like a movie to get made, hey, we're trying to put creativity and love behind this. This one definitely feels like it was a cash grab. Like, oh, we need to put Sub Zero in it because he's the Mortal Kombat guy. Same with yeah. same with Scorpion. Like Yeah, they definitely feel like they're there just because they're poster children. 100 percent Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um and again like you can't Scorpion and Sub-Zero aren't really good protagonists for a regular Mortal Kombat movie because they're both like bad dudes who are demons who get like, it's it's not really the thing you would do for a this type of movie, right? That's why even in the new movie, they're not the main characters. They're like, they're, they're like side characters who get brought in. Uh, they're not really guys you make main characters unless you're Scorpion's Revenge, I guess. I was about to say, Scorpion's Revenge, 
that's a fr- I really like that movie. You're right. Uh, but the other but thing, you could have thing... had you could have had the arc of him, of him having to deal with the fact that Luke Kane killed his brother be in, in, uh, something. Yeah, but you know, like that that could be that could have been in the movie more than just a line. Yeah, uh, and that oh, would have been sure. interesting yeah. to see. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're we've been belaboring this sub zero point for yeah. too long. So we should move but on. the other thing I want to say is that a lot of the fight scenes I when, when I watch this movie, I really don't like. They just look. Hor- There's like so many different jump cuts. The sh- just the way they're shot is just. There are a few times I was getting dizzy watching these fights. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, the first one. Yeah, they used like those ninety shots of like people jumping over the camera and everything. But oh my God, I, there's so much flipping. So many flipping. So much, so much flips. Especially when uh, like the three reptiles show up, and like when Liu King is fighting those reptiles, and there's this remember like two of them just like they're behind a pillar and they go ha ha ha. I love like, it. Yeah. Like they both do something like that, and then they no, just I, flip away. It's like the it's thing the that bugged me thing. about the thing about bugged me about the flipping so much. Besides the fact that I think Raiden's fight is awful, um, when it's uh when it's flipping coming out of like CG flipping coming out of a green screen, mm. that oh, was yeah. egregious to me. When like Raiden oh, pops out out of nowhere, like oh no, the oh, yeah. the opening with the like the, the the computerized sky where you can like literally see the pixels of where they didn't hold Raiden's arm or Shao Kahn's helmet or whatever in the frame over the sky and There's that kind of thing. Lightning, it's all, it all breaks down. Lightning like, would oh be, my God, I could, yeah. I could make this. this lightning would be terrible. going through characters. I could make a yeah. better version of this. It looks so bad. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Yeah. It, it's, this was, again, this was, this felt like a rush job. They didn't get half the cast back. Cause like, it was just like, we were making this movie I immediately. Half the cast, I didn't get any one of the cast back except for Katana and Liu Kang. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest problems with the film is that like the opening is probably one of the worst parts of it. Oh yeah. And like it, doesn't make you want to keep watching. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just, it just looks like utter piss. I too bad uh, you yeah. will die. That's one of the greatest lines in cinematic history. It's hilarious. It's so good. Um, Shao Kahn, that dude is really funny. <laughs> he he's he, committed. He's committed, and him and Shinnok, like Shinnok's kind of kind of sucks. Uh, also, really weird to just make Shinnok look like a dude when all and like well, actually they make all the elder gods look like dudes at the end. Whatever. Um, no, no. Then there's the two who are like, I'm fired. No, that's what I mean. But you see yeah, them yeah, at the end, they're and they're people. people. That's what I mean. Old people. Because <laughs> um, Shinnok is one of them, and I'm like, that's cool. Although, I think the scene at the very end when when the elder gods are like, it will be decided in Mortal Kombat. I think that's <laughs> pretty sick. I do okay. think. The- the final part where like the bad guys are standing up on their hill and like the, the good guys are like walking and you said it reminded you of like Dragon Ball Z or, or something. Um oh, something. I did. I it wasn't Dragon Ball Z, but I do remember. It felt like very anime shown and we're like all yeah. the villains are there and the heroes walk up and it's like this is the final battle. And like they start like teeing off and like, oh I guess I'll get leftovers. And I'm like, this is this is fine. Uh, this is okay. I like there, this. There were a lot of vibes in this movie that that I, I even called it out that twice that they're very much the movie that Kung Pao makes fun of. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Mm. <laughs> like it does, like the the zoom ins on them. That's like the dirt, dirt, dirt on yeah, each yeah. character, like facing each like, other. Sonya, Motara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> the, that I'm sorry. Can we talk about like, the, the dumbest thing about the movie? Because we haven't touched on it, and I'm impressed. Animalities. Uh, no, oh. travel by ball. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> And like Katana knows about it, and she's from Outworld. <laughs> because Katana's like, we made these. I'm like, wait, you're the princess of Outworld. This is an Earth realm. I feel like the logic literally was that came up with this. 
fucking way of traveling was that, wait, we just said that the queen manages all portals, so Raiden can't take them by portal. We'll use these balls <laughs> that they climb into so and can go. The idea itself of using like the undercurrents and like these like these like hollow the hollow earth essentially to travel fast. Uh-huh. Cool idea. Having it be these hamster balls where the two people are banging to have to move and they have to forcibly like lunge into each other to change directions. Bad planning on their part. I'm just saying architecture not the it's not the strong suit of these people when they were like when they were like you're gonna go so fast it's gonna feel like you're not moving to get away from the fact that they can't cg any hair i i couldn't i couldn't uh when we got to that part of the movie i was like good god i wish i was high yeah. <laughs> i feel like i'd be so much more in this and just bewildered and i think what a brilliant way to travel yeah. And again, like the reason, like, and again, I'm not defending this movie in any way, sure. but the reason that I can find enjoyment in it, it's because it is, it's not, it's not lazy. It's doing something so stupid. It is putting 50 ninjas flipping out of nowhere. <laughs> it is having gyroscopic sex to travel through the earth. Like it is having brother fight brother with the worst CGI you've ever seen shooting stuff. And I'm like, I think, man, at least it's not boring. I, like, think, I, think the, I think the defining pin that like separates the two films from my perspective, having just experienced them, is that, well, kind of, is that uh, the people who made Mortal Kombat, you can tell that they gave a shit about the game and, like, wanting to try and do it justice Mm -hmm. for the time. And Annihilation, that sensibility is gone. It feels like It does feel like, it. well, it feels like the forced sequelization to make a profit that it is. Uh, It doesn't feel like it has that passion for the characters or the lore that the first one does. And that is the defining like separation to me. It's like, regardless of how stupid the first one can be at times or anything like that, or the quality level of its time period, reptile looking like shit, like the first Mortal Kombat, at least I can tell that they gave a crap about yeah. what they were trying to do. And Annihilation is clearly absent that feeling. Yeah, 100%. I want to know what the decision-making process was when Paul Levy Sanderson was like, okay, Scorpion, he's got a thing that comes out of his hand, right? That's a bird thing. That's what that is in the game, right? Also, like it, it like it punctures itself into the tree, and then like it dies, and he like he rips the head off, and like he gets a new head later or whatever. Like, yeah, is it like a demon? Is it like is it like a cyclops thing or like the cyclops dimension? Just like like that? in the game, it's just like in the game at that point, it was just a spear that came out. Like in the new movie, does that? It's just his spear. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not again. I'm not. I'm not totally against the idea. The execution of it, it's just like, what were you even thinking? It's just so weird to come up with. Like, where was that? Where did that idea come from? It's like the ball thing. We're like, okay, this is clearly what this is is a bird thing oh, that yeah. comes out of his hand. Annihilation. He has two come out of his hand. He has and two now, come like, out of his hand. Now they're like bone dragons, and they have like yeah. predator spikes. And I'm like, at least you tried something new. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. I think that the highest thing I can praise in Annihilation is I actually think that the actor playing Sendel is super committed and good. Oh, she's really good. Uh, like a Power Rangers villain. She's like a good Power yeah, Rangers yeah, yeah. villain. I think she's selling every moment of what she's trying to do with the script she's working with. I think she's committed. Yeah. I believe her as this thing within this not great good surrounding. Good B-movie actress. I, yeah. I like her a lot. Um, I'm compelled to watch her. Uh, compelled be to her know. character uh, whenever she's on screen. Um, she's hands down my pro- my favorite performer 
Um, I would say that it's the actor returning to play Liu Kang, but my problem is that Liu Kang is robbed of any amount of character development or growth in the film. He has nothing to work with the whole time, so I can't give that to him. But I think the actor playing Sindel is, is really committed. She's uh, chewing it up. In and, I, and I appreciate that. I think she's the best of what this movie is offering. There is, there is one thing that I'm actually extremely positive on, and it's a very, very small aspect of it. And it's Jade's music. It's a very small thing, but when Liu Kang is in, is in like the, the temptation sc- scene. Yeah. <laughs> the temptation scene's weird or whatever, but the music, if you just listen to the music, it's really good and it's really melodic and it's, it's like really like sinister and pretty. Um, and the music is way better than it has any right to be in this movie. And it's just Jade's thing that shows up for a couple minutes. And I'm like, damn, that's really good. It's so bummed. I'm bummed that it's stuck in this movie because it's a good piece of music. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, cool, whatever, Jade, you're weird. <laughs> um, do you notice when Jade goes evil, her eyebrows do the vagina yeah. thing? Yeah, I saw that. I was like, your makeup's different now. Oh, you're evil. Oh, that was that was, that was wild. Hot uh, to watch. Um, Jax has cybernetic enhancements rather than cybernetic replacements. So I didn't remember this because first I saw that he had his fingers, and yeah, I'm like, both were like, so his arms got ripped off, but he kept his fingers. Weird, but I sure you love your fingers. Then he just rips him off. He's like, I don't need him. I'm going to fight a centaur. So what's interesting is I did some research on that. It's apparently uh, Mortal Kombat 3 had come out, I think, the same year. Mm-hmm. Or at least or a year prior. And it was actually a case of similar ideas and a similar project. So it's not... So so when Mortal Kombat 3 was like, Jax lost his arms. At the same time, the person writing Mortal Kombat Annihilation, what if Jax had cybernetic arms? Oh, weird. Mm. Okay. So there, yeah. it was like simultaneous. Okay. Interesting. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It is weird. Because there's only like two Mortal Kombat games out by the time the first movie comes out. So yeah. it, it makes sense. The, that, like the, the second one like just came out. Uh, so like the first movie was in production before that second game came out. So they couldn't do anything with that. And then the third game came out. So it was, yeah, yeah. scheduling weird stuff. It was very so, strange when I, when I heard about that. Yeah, Jax is, man, Jax is... A, I'm so glad he's in that new movie. He looks rad. Yeah. Uh, the CGI dragon fight. <laughs> I hate the animality thing so much. Yeah, it's... I Yeah, I can't defend it. It's not even fun bad. It just looks terrible. It just looks... You know, the, the first time we see a CGI monster is, is like, god-awfully bad. I'm like, oh, no. And then when, like, when Liu King does, like, does, like, the weird dragon eyes during the animality thing with... <laughs> I'm like, oh no! Please don't tell me it's what's gonna happen. I think it's gonna happen, and then it does happen. And then Shao Kahn turns into a freaking Hydra monster. It looks like, like a, it's like a Disney Channel original movie of the time God. period, like quality special effects. Yeah, and it's awful. I won't even be that mad. Like I won't even be that mean to it. I think Don't Look Under the Bed has better effects than this movie. Brandon, <laughs> what year did Jurassic Park come out again? Ninety-three. Yeah, many years uh, before this. When did uh, Lost World Jurassic Park came out the same year as this movie? Wow. And that's, that's all CGI dinosaurs. And uh, this had double the budget of the first okay, sorry, one. Okay. This movie had double the budget of the original Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And we got that? That they looks like... Okay, you know, what that, that, that fight, you know what that fight scene reminds me of? It reminds me of Megatron fighting Optimus Primal in the trans in Beast Wars. That's oh, oh, a cartoon. Yeah. Oh, that does not. Oh no, oh, I can't. Oh, no. I can't go back. I can't, it's gonna. It's not gonna look good. I can't. 
it looks good in my brain, Ben. I can't. You go can't back. go back to Beast Wars. You, you never go back to Beast Wars. <laughs> I did. Cause... The worst part about Beast Wars is that they see is that it's a CG animated film uh, series way before it should have been. It's so mm-hmm. sad because like it's a great show that I believe you just it. can't go back to. Yeah, yeah. you just can't the watch show, it. The my show eyes. is really good. It just but doesn't it looks look like good. utter garbage now. Yeah, it's bad. Um, I was seriously thinking I'm watching PlayStation, like 1995 PlayStation One CG graphics, but this is in a multi-million-dollar film about a I video. Would pay, I would pay good money for Paramount to invest in reanimating Beast Wars. That's oh my oh, god, our re- like a Beast Wars remaster. I pay great money for that. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, the thing that the special effect that really pisses me off throughout the movie is the dragon that emerges from people's bodies. That's obviously the exact same CGI effect each time it appears. Same animation. Uh, Even the big one at the end. And I'm like, this is awful. Yeah. This is all awful. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's the only reason it's there is to be a MacGuffin to like, to be like, oh, why? What does this tattoo mean? It's like, oh, they're all part of the Shinnok family. I'm like, you could have said that. You, you could have had all of that without the tattoos and still nothing would have changed because you still would have talked to Shang Tsung or uh, Shao Kahn and Shinnok the dad and like Ray, he's my brother. I'm like, you don't need the tattoo. Um, Sonya talks way too much about Johnny for how much she kind of barely cared about him at the end. Of the oh my God. Time. So they're absolutely taking into account that the games have fully happened, even though between Mortal Kombat's one and two, no time has passed. So she hates Johnny and then like, oh, they're a little flirty at the end and they, they're fine. But now it's like, oh, he's my husband and he's died. It is, it is a hundred percent awful. Uh, they're in the games. They have a great relationship and on and off, like awesome relationship. That's nowhere in this franchise. It's it's they, they just happened. It just started. Seriously, yeah. like even when I was watching, while well, I was rewatching World Comic, because I remember at the end, like um, you see Johnny like hugging Sonya. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. They end up together. And then, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. And then it's like as I'm rewatching this movie, it's like, where does Sonya actually fall for Johnny in this movie? It's just like in just the- because him. I and like. Me, I, I really like Jax's reaction. I really like Jax's reaction to Sonya. Keep talking about who the hell is Johnny? Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I, I going looking at Scorpion's Revenge, you can kind of see in that movie where Sonya is starting to respect Johnny a little bit. She's like, like the scene where she's like, "Holy yeah, shit!" But that, 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 that has nothing to do with this. I know it doesn't have anything to do with this, but it's like at least in that movie, it's like okay, you can see some progression. It's like in this one, it's like automatically, "Hey, I like this guy now," and then immediately on annihilation, he gets his head snapped, and then it's like, "I loved him." It's like, "No, you didn't. You barely knew the guy." In, in defense of that, Sonya in the first movie is entirely a character based around one simple concept. I'm a strong woman that don't need no man, except all the time I need a man. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's just the reality of who her character is in the first one, which makes the arc of the idea of this one in the second just ring utterly hollow. Fun mm-hmm. fact, um, the actress who played Sonya Blade in the Mortal Kombat video games auditioned for MK Annihilation. And she got turned down because she didn't have enough acting experience. Yeah. Even though I don't think this movie needed acting experience. Yeah. First one, didn't it? Uh, yeah. I get, I get that the guy playing Shao Kahn is committed and I like his commitment, but I, don't like like I just don't like his deliveries at all. Yeah. It's just, That's fair. It's, That's fair. Uh, oh, man. It's, they're just bad. At least with so Sindel, I know that she's being a hammy villain. I agree with you, Sparks, on Sindel. But, of course, the line is like, too bad you will die. That must have been so fun. Uh, Sparks, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, what you're saying about Shao Kahn, I, I totally, I, I'm with you, and that's the same way I feel about Christopher Lambert as Raiden. <laughs> like, I can't. I, I, I can't. Uh, 
it's it's entertaining. Same, Shao Kahn is entertaining, the, but like it's a it's so horrendously not working within the context of the film. The 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 one set piece that I do like in the second movie isn't a set piece because I just went to somewhere and it's 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 the big awesome like castle oh, yeah. like in the desert location where that. Sindel does her shriek and that's an actual place in Wales. It has like all the holes in the in the mountains and stuff. That's a that is a truly beautiful location and the fact that they even got the rights to, to like to go there and do it. I'm like, "All right, cool. You got somewhere real. That looks really good." Instead of like Actually, a in that there's a lot of good miniature work when it's when it's blowing up and the walls are exploding. There's a lot yeah. of cool miniature work that I I didn't expect from this film because everything else looks such looks like such crap. <laughs> Maybe that's where all the budget went. Okay, we got to spend all the money going to Wales. And, and like, it's not CG; it's a miniature, and I think that yeah. worked really well. And and like, yeah. but everything else is CG. So yeah. I hate that centaur character so much. Uh, Mavada. Yeah. yeah, he sucks. He's whatever. Yeah, all, all of the generals are like just whatevers. Yeah, two of them are just ninjas. Oh my god! So. Okay, so the red one is Ermac, and he's the one made of a thousand souls. But that also, supposed to be Ermac? Yes, but he also duplicates himself, and that's not one of Ermac's powers. So I was confused. I wasn't sure if that's Ermac, but that's credited as Ermac. I he's, doing, he's doing the noob and smoke shit, and I'm just like, the guys making the movie don't even care. They don't even know. Whatever. No. It's fine. Um, so there's, uh, if that's, do we think we're good? We want to move on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mortal Kombat is much better than Annihilation. Oh, God, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so there was, uh, I want to talk a little bit about, about how we got to the new Mortal Kombat film coming uh, two weeks. Um, just a bit, because uh, it's kind of had an interesting road. First, there was going to be a third Mortal Kombat film uh, that was going to have Johnny Cage come back. All the cast had signed back on, the first movie cast had signed back on to return. Um, they kept having some false starts and stops until Hurricane Katrina uh, wiped out the entire set. Uh, so and, the, and Warner Brothers called it a loss and didn't go forward. A new line called it a loss and didn't go forward with the film, which moved the rights to Warner Brothers, where we got the short film Mortal Kombat Rebirth by, mm -hmm. um, what's the guy's name? I have got a I, long I, last name. Um, Kevin Tancharoin, sorry. Tancharoin, yeah. um, who uh, I think is married to. Uh, well, he was with Ag he was in Agents of Shield. He directed some episodes of Agents of Shield, um, but he developed this Mortal Kombat Rebirth, trying to get this new movie to kind of a proof of concept. It was going to be realistic Mortal Kombat. Did you guys ever see that one? Yeah, yes. It's really cool. Um, that led to a mini series uh, on the on YouTube called Mortal Kombat Legacy, which is more which kind of did away with the realistic take of the Mortal Kombat universe and did more. Which the, between the which between season one and two and the prospective season three has a pretty similar like shakeup cast situation to the first. Uh, but Casper Van Dien is, is Johnny Cage in the second film. So that's cool. That's that's good casting. He's, yeah. he's cool. Season one's really good. I really like season one. It's a lot of small little vignettes and season mm -hmm. two is good too. I liked it. Rain's vignette is my favorite of uh, legacy. Yeah. yeah. That did so well that they were going to do a, a, a the Mortal Kombat reboot that uh, Kevin wants to do, then false starts and stops. And he left the project. Now we're here. So, it is a shame. It's it's a big shame that, that Kevin T, as I'll say, because I can't pronounce his last yeah. name, uh, spent so long developing Mortal Kombat stuff just for it to not be him making the new movie that everyone's excited for. That is a big bummer. Also, mm -hmm. his season three just kind of petered Fizzled. out. Yeah. Uh, supposedly they filmed a bunch of it. That sucks. And they just never released it. Yeah, that's too bad. That's... I would like to see that series come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, we talked about Shang Tsung from this from the first Mortal Kombat movie returned as Shang Tsung in that second season. 
Uh-huh. Hell yeah. That dude's kind of... He's so good. <laughs> I can't wait till we can play Mortal Kombat 11, you guys. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. soon, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, God, Mortal Kombat's great. So many games. So many uh, Mortal Kombat Scorpion's Revenge, which we reviewed, which we all yeah. liked. Um, that's more Scorpion's perspective of the thing. I'm excited for the for the new movie. Hell yeah, baby. Um, yeah, it's out in Europe and international. People seem to like it a lot. I God, I hope that's the truth because I'm too stoked for it. Uh, so next week we're going to be talking about uh, just general topic of video game movies. Hell yeah. Um, we we will be digging in to see if certainly Mortal Kombat for a while held the title of the best video game film. But when did it lose that title? Uh, because many will say it's Pokemon Detective Pikachu. And I wonder if perhaps it was sooner. Yeah. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, shall we get into a book club? Book it up, Buttercup. Ryan. Take it away. Hey guys, Ryan here. I got a book by Ram V. He wrote it and it's illustrated by Sumit Kumar. It's colored by Vittorio Estoni and it's lettered by Adit. Oh boy, Brandon, this is hard. Aditya Bidikar. <laughs> it is the Vault comic, These Savage Shores. I got this for Christmas from my guy Sparks here and I'm a big Ram V fan. This is one of the books I haven't read in his yet. And I read it and I want to hear what you guys think because personally, I think this is one of the best comics I've ever read. And I had such a good time. I cannot wait to read it again. I think it's probably perfect. But that's just me. What's up, you guys? I'll go first. Okay, Brandon likes it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I had a blast with it. I I loved how it it, it zigged when I thought I was going to zag, essentially. I mean, we'll we'll get into it. But my my initial thoughts are this book is fantastic. And I kind of want to see more of this world. Even, at, But if it's a one and done, I'm okay with it. It is. Okay. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I, I uh, think the art is gorgeous, and I think the story is strong as hell. Um, the concept of these uh, Victorian colonizing vampires uh, thinking they're top of the food chain and finding out that's not so true is dope as hell. Um uh, and also getting to explore just this whole other side of that time period of what was going on with India uh, is awesome. Um, and that it's tied into this real uh, mythological monster for their heritage is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Ramvi the writer, um, he's Indian. And uh, if you've read a lot of his work, he likes to bring a lot of his own his own work and own religious ideas and stuff into it. So uh, the premise of this book is, yeah, vampires come to India and, you know, they're doing the East, East India Trade Company. But it turns out that maybe um, a <laughs> Hindu vampire has been living there a lot longer than they have. And doing research in this book and listening to interviews about uh, Ram V, and I don't know anything about uh, Indian folklore or mythology, um, the, the creature that, that Bashir is in this book, I believe it's like like a, a Roxas or something. Roxas. Roxas. Uh, that, is a, that is a Hindu vampire, and that, that creature existed hundreds of years before actual vampires existed in other, uh, in other uh, fiction and folklore and stuff. So it's, it's English vampires against basically Hindu vampires. And just that basis alone is really cool. I always love learning about new new mythologies, new cultures. It doesn't tell you in this book about this. I did this for my own research. But I think the art is stunning, you guys. I think this is so gorgeous. And I think the the panel work is so beautiful. And this is not uh, this is not a lazy book by any means. Like it is it is so articulated and beautiful. And like some some of the some of the phrases, like I didn't take enough pictures, but 
Ram V is very much a guy, he's writing Swamp Thing. He's very much like a guy who's like Alan Moore. He is so poetic with his writing and he's so focused on heart and themes and, and, and thematics. And I'm just like, I this is just one of those books like once a year, I'm like, oh shit, this is me. This is for me, baby. Uh, I don't know, you guys talk. One of the things that I really liked is the art. Um, there's something that this artist does that I that I fell in love with, which was that whenever a person's face or whole body was clouded in a shadow, you could still see their eyes. Uh, happened mostly with vampires or, or demons just in general. But every now and then you got a person. I think that's such a cool uh, artistic style. Mm-hmm. I agree. Oh, yeah. The, the thing that I love real quick, he, he does a lot of nine nine panel grids, but he doesn't do the traditional, you read them like left, right, left, to right. He will do a zigzag where it starts in the top left and then go to the right and you go down and then go to the left and go up and you're following an image as it happens. Yeah. And you don't get that kind of shit. Like this is, I've listened to so many Ramby interviews and he's always like, I never want to make a book that someone has read before. And I've, even in his regular stuff. And like, if you guys have read his Swamp Thing or Catwoman, then like, he's very much that kind of guy. Um, I just think this book's really unique and it's like, it's, it's just so, it's so full of heart and like the twist at the end. Like, I don't, I, I don't want to spoil too much about this book. I really think it's exceptional. Uh, the twist with his, with his, his lady friend, I think is fantastic. And I think the ending is so, so good. And that final confrontation is so good. What just you so talked good. about with the vampire thing. Sorry, Ben, real quickly. We talked about the vampire thing. I'm always interested in alternate vampire mythologies because the, what we know as a vampire is a very, is, realistically a very new concept there are plenty of vampires and uh other mythologies that are far older uh than our concept of them um one of my favorites is a i think in china there's a vampire that can take off its head and then and then suck the blood from your feet oh see i thought you were talking about the 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 jumping vampires oh not that one is they can take off its head and then the head like slithers into the into the into the house and then sucks the blood from your feet i've had nightmares for that for years I, I just saw Ben realize he's going to have a nightmare tonight, <laughs> as you said. <laughs> I saw him pass over his face. Um, um, it's a, it's, a, it's a, I love alternate vampire mythology. I didn't actually catch on that that was what that that uh, that creature was, and now 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 it's far cooler to me. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I thought it was just another because I I feared it was a, a monster from Hindu and Indian mythology, but I didn't think it was a vampire. Um, I mean, like, so, it's, not, it's not a vampire. It's the it's it's the closest thing that they have to a vampire. Right. Like the, the base. Yeah. Like in in many ways, it is a thing that predates vampires. That vampires clearly have some inspiration from, but mm-hmm. it is not you know like a one to one. Obviously, right. like um, I, I don't want to show this final page, but like the final confrontation battle where something happens to our main character. Yeah. Just like it is so cool. And it reminds memory. me of like Underworld. It's just like, what are you? Yeah, it's uh, so sick. Uh, for me, like one of my favorite things about the book is how he ties the ultimate uh, just bastardization and failure of Bishan to the bastardization and failure of India mm-hmm. uh, in in relation to the deal that they ended up making with the colonizers that had come uh-huh. and how that would end up uh, draining their con- their nation um, and how that ties thematically to the story of what's happening to him. Uh, that it's both a personal story and also something representative of the history of the nation yeah. and what happened when colonizers came in, when these vampires came in and sucked all the good out of the country. I just am like, this is wild, wild that uh, it tied all that in in such a good way. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the betrayal of the king 
is so the sultan guy, shitty. Yeah. Yes, the Sultan, uh, and that the the way that that plays out, and how he's like, we we just have to defer down to the colonists. This is how it's going to go, uh, and that that's just the background yeah. of what's going on. Is is so good. Mm-hmm. You want to say something? Uh, one of the things I love about this book is I thought the vampire we meet in the beginning was the one we're going to follow throughout the whole story. Oh, it's so good. Such a good subversion. So it was... So when I... Because I thought it was going to be him. I mean, I knew it was going to be um, Bishan. 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 Yeah, him. Bishan. I knew it was going to be him because we like see him and um, his girlfriend under the tree and doing all that stuff. But as... Because normally in comic books, it's ingrained in my mind when you see someone writing a letter in letter text it's like oh this is the main character this is our guy we're gonna be following the whole story and at the end of the first issue when he when his head is brought back to the the manor on a with his decapitated corpse holding his own head i'm like oh this is not what i think is gonna go because i thought i thought it was a vampire fleeing van helsing from england and just wound up in india when england was colonizing the joint that's Mm -hmm. why i thought we were going that's because he even says like oh how did i fall it was also a good like switcheroo because you see that scene with uh I cannot pronounce his name, god damn it, where you see our guy and his girlfriend is like, How did I fall for such a savage thing? Like, oh these savage stories, I get it now. But no, completely wrong, not where the story is focused on. I applaud you, Randy, because that first issue got me going, Oh hell no. I'm not not like a bad way, of course, but it's like I need to know what we're doing here. Good, good cliffhanger. It's it's a good Go ahead. And I love how every single issue has a different letter written by someone else. Man, that's my favorite thing. I love it. I absolutely love how it's from a different perspective. It's from a different person. I actually care about most of these characters. I care about them so much. And I, oh, this book is so good. This is really a a really fantastic read. Uh, the some of my favorite stuff just in fiction is like again like what does it mean to be human like are you like who the humans are the real monsters that kind of shit but like our main character constantly at battle with his own self of like am i a monster or am i like the thing that these people make me or like but like again i don't want to go into the finale but the stuff that he had the conversation he has with his girlfriend about like the, like you don't make all those choices but like when the thing happens to her and she's like i'm making this choice and i'm gonna do something to you it's like it's also good and it's also human when you're dealing with vampires and monsters and it's always like it's always genre shit that gets like to the heart of this kind of stuff and i just i love it i love yeah. it, it it's so, I don't wanna, so i don't want to reveal what happens to the girlfriend but i love the line that yeah. she's oh, God, yes at the end of issue four yeah that is one of my favorite lines it's a, the way it's delivered and what what's reve- the reveal of what happens to her is just I my heart broke. I I legitimately like gasped. I was like, oh, I should have seen it coming. Yeah, yeah. This is so effing good. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, it's it's one of those really great page turner moments. Yeah. Um, uh, I I really love. I I think that there's so much impressive character work done. That the amount of story he packs into these five issues. The fact that we have a whole section that's just tackling like the war. Uh, a whole section that's tackling the vampire hunter. The, guy. the vampire hunter and the vampire he he was hunting, and then everything that spills out after. Uh, because of that vampire's death um the vampire hunter rolling out when all the when the vampires come a calling and uh he's like yo man i've been here i've seen some shit you ain't nothing no more <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. the food chain yeah yeah i'm it's so impressive impressive because this is just five issues but it feels like 10 it is so dense yeah um but it just goes to show like when you when you truly when you fully believe in a project uh and ram v is like 
the thing again listening to all these interviews he collaborates so hard with his artists like most like a lot of writers just give the script to an artist and then they they do their thing and they have some back and forth ram v is there on every single call every single page to make sure it is a perfect collaboration and every book i've read of his feels feels like a true collaboration where everything is working together i've never read a, ba a bad ram v comic like the dude that's why he's one of like my favorite guys right now. Right. Um, and this book, like this book came out like a year or two ago and it won him a bunch of awards. So like he's even better now. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you, Ramvi. Check out the many deaths of Layla Star coming out soon. That's another one of his books coming out. Yeah. Something's really great right now. Something is really uh, great. Yeah. I just, this is just knocking it out of the park. Uh, I think it's, it's so good. I love the concept of, of Bishan when he does meet the, the elder vampire mm -hmm. and uh, just kind of talking like, Oh man, you haven't even like rounded the corner on the immortality oh, that my, I've experienced. Yeah. <laughs> like, you still have concepts that don't even mean shit to me no more. <laughs> like, yeah, like really high concept shit, uh, while still having like pers personal like human touches mm -hmm. to it. It's really hard to do really well. Um, that's why like like when it's done well, I gravitate toward it so hard. Um, yeah, man, like this is this is my new like book. I'm gonna recommend to everybody. Uh, I think I, I think one of my favorite things that like it's never explicitly stated uh, outright, but like a, a thing, a vibe that he creates to be Sean is that uh, immortality makes it so that it's never that you were a monster and then you're good. Everything is waves and mm -hmm. everything is changed. So sometimes you are a monster and sometimes you are trying to be a better man and mm -hmm. then you're a monster again and then you're a better man again. You, you don't live in one constant once you decide on it in, in, in an immortal's lifetime. And I'm like, that's such a good exploration of that because most of the vampire or immortal stories that we'll get is always like they, they're either they're either always bad or they were bad, but now they're good. And that's the end of that discussion about it. But it's like, no, you know, in different lives in different lifetimes, I am essentially different things. Yeah. 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 Again, like the art is just so beautiful. Um, <clears throat> so many great splash pages, like so much detail. Like, mm -hmm. like this is just one of those books where like, man, this is, this is what comics are about. This is, this cream is one, of, this is the cream of the crop. This is, this is the good shit. These savage shorts. I also love that's a, a period piece. I love that how it's like set in India during the late 1700s, right before the uh, American Revolution. And you see England messing stuff up with India. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Um, um, just this this tragedy of damned if you do, damned if you don't with Bishan about being in the war. And, you know, if you'd been what you really are, you could have saved so many lives. Uh, and also at the same time, you going to war made it so that you screwed up. Yeah. Uh, like mm -hmm. just being there in general was a screw up. Just real quick again, like it's, this book's so good. The letters of, of the little prince to, to be shot is like, I don't know what I'm going to do without you. I need you to come back. This is really scary. It's so good. It's so heartwarming. And I'm like, mm -hmm. all these people know what he is too. And he's still like the nicest dude. I'm like, man, I, I love how B Sean is like a second father to the prince. Mm -hmm. And I also like how the prince is like, Cause you know when you you hear like child prince, you think okay he's gonna be like a white brat, is the power gonna go out to his head? This is a very co um cool and composed. He's not cold. He is a cool composed kid who knows his duties, but he's also terrified. Yeah, yeah. And he has Bishan there to help him. Like he's not like he's not like that uh, creepy guy. He's not like a creepy Jafar in the background. Like yes, do my thing. <laughs> but he is like I will be your guiding hand. Right. Um. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Brandon. Oh no, I was gonna say if there was, was I was gonna ask if there was anything more to add. Oh, do you have anything more to add? No, you guys all said it. Said it. Okay, I'd just be repeating what you guys said. Uh, I understand. Sumit Kumar, the artist, I am absolutely gonna immediately go look out for more of his books because this is 
some just truly exceptional art. Every single panel, just beautiful faces, beautiful expressions, like colors. Like, like this is just the perfect book, man. So good. Uh, all right. Anything else we want to add, or should we move on? Move no, you're handsome. Oh, well, screw you. <laughs> um, next week, my book club. I've, I, I'm eager to read this. I've, I've ever since Falcon Winter Soldier started. So I picked Truth, Red, White, and Black, a story by Isaiah Bradley. Nice. Um, I have it written down who is by uh, Robert Morales and Kyle Baker, nice. the art, art, uh, writer and artist. So yeah, um, excited. Heck yeah. Uh, all right. So next week, we're going to be talking about just a general video game adaptation uh, conversation. It'll be fun. I, we haven't done a, like a topic like this in a long time, so I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, and then Mortal Kombat 2021. I can't get hyped enough. It's happening, guys. I'm telling you, if I didn't hear people have already seen it and they said it was good, I wouldn't be as hyped as I was. But I now know it's in the world and they said, it. They said yes, we want this. So I'm ready, baby. Uh, Mag, true to form, says, good night, guys. Take care and stay safe. You too, okay, Mag. Man. You're wonderful yeah. for sticking around. Um. All right, send to plug some stuff, guys, because we got conversation. We talked about it up top. Uh, just a reminder: conversation is out in the world now. Four episodes are out. I just talked to Sheila Nickerson from the Hardly Heroes podcast, um, which was a great conversation. And next week is Ken Napsok. So every Thursday, look out. Thirsty Thursday. Um, and oh no, I did it. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> of course, you can check out the rest of the stuff on our YouTube page. Uh, make sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel and check out stuff like our fake nerds watch series which we have like below for falcon and the Winter soldier that's the show we're going through right now um so check that out episode three is linked below episode four is coming this week we also have basement arcade which i'm seeing some videos being recorded maybe yeah we're definitely doing that but we're not announcing the title yet i know i'm just saying uh basement arcade pause menu uh which is uh, a new episode coming soon right ben you said yep. you recorded it already yeah yeah so. new episode's coming soon Stay tuned for that. And our Fickner Book Club, uh, which we just finished, Lil Char and the Gang, and we will do a comic that you guys got to watch the episode to figure out what it is. It's Playboy Magazine. We're just reading all the Playboy magazines from 1950 to 2000. The, the articles are great, I've been told. Uh, I, uh, well, you know, ruin that secret then. Sorry. Um, <laughs> by Z, of course. Uh, we have Masks on Craft by Z on uh, her Etsy page. Um, uh, you can check that link below our Patreon, which we have our new shirt. Our Stephen King is my best friend. Uh, be like Ben Magnet, be Stephen King's best friend. All you gotta do is get the shirt for ten dollars a month. Ten buckaroonies, it's a steal, guys. Basically, um, and we can check out other shirts on T Public. We have a uh, uh, our T Public page, we've got a bunch of cool stuff up there, uh, such as Ben's Don't Be a Dick, uh, Fictor Book Club logos, cool stuff. Or you can find them all on our website at www.fakenerdpodcast.com. We've got tons of stuff linked there. Everything is linked there, and everything is linked down below in the description. Check out all that stuff. Cool stuff. Love you. Thank you for the support. Love you. Thank you to Jeremy, thank you to Jeremy Vellucci for our themes. You've heard him here tonight. They're wonderful. Uh, new theme for conversation uh, on last week's episode, um, which he delivered to me, which I'm happy to have. You can find him on Instagram at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards or his podcast, Suburban Proctologist, at on iTunes, of course, or Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. 
And of course, thank you to Mike Matola uh, for the shirt that's on Patreon. Uh, Stephen King is my best friend. That was his. Uh, Mike Matola original for ten dollars, guys. Mike Matola original for ten dollars. Can't. That's awesome. It's again a steal. A steal. Um, you can find him at Mike Matola on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast, FicknerGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter, Ben. You can find me trying to be a number one at Pac-Man 99 at Ben27 on Instagram and Twitter. And also, like we said at the very beginning of the show, I write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. Two articles that I wrote this week, two of them, are in the description below. Holy crap, I need to get a life. you got a life. I do. you got a life writing. That's what you want to do, right? Is what, that you is like what writing. Hey, it's kind of I don't know why I said it. I don't know why I said it. It's late. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Sparks. Uh, you can find me watching some video game movies at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. And Ryan. You guys, if you're longtime fans of the Fake Nerd Podcast, you know that I used to do Hideo Kojima watches every week as Death Stranding was coming out. Spoiler alert, Kojima and Xbox are possibly teaming up for a new exclusive game. So you guys better be ready for months of exclusive Ko- Kojima watches this year on the Fake Nerd Podcast at DJ Tony Snark on Twitter. You're subscribe ready. To, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video and subscribe to this channel. Until next time, stay fake news. Get over here.